they are. His body's in there? Hey, these things don't leak, do they? Leak? Hell no. These things were made by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Oh, fuck! Did you see that movie, Night of the Living Dead? Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Who right there? Raise him, I'll blow your fucking brains out! Oh, I just want to look around the graveyard. I ain't never seen one before. Ain't you never been to a funeral? I never knew nobody would die. Oh, What's that? Rose players ass white. What are you all doing? It's a party. There's a chemical. Some chemical soaked into the soil of the graveyard and the corpses come back to life. Yeah, what fucking chemical? I don't know what chemical, goddammit! It was ordered by the military, I think. I think it was. Would you mind telling me how the fuck did it get all over the graveyard? They're back from the grave and ready to party. The Return of the Living Dead. Starts Friday, August 16th at a theater near you. This is Mantis from Venom Inc. Hi, this is Amidon from Venom Inc. And you are listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Keep it heavy, my friends. This is Reggie Bannister from Phantasm. And you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast with an F with Corey and Vincent. <laughs> Hottest love. Hey, this is Chris Barnes six feet under you're listening to Corey Gorechrist and Dr. Vincent West on the Phantasm Podcast Phantasm Hi this is Kay Potter you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast keep listening what the fuck is up and welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. I am Corey Gorkreis with me, Dr. Vincent West. Hi. Hello. Hello. Exciting fucking episode. We got a bad Mantis of Venom Inc. on the podcast. We got July 3rd, 1984 right here on the screen. Dr. Now this is from my vault, but I'll let you introduce. We'll just go ahead and introduce this fucker. that. Uh, the original boys... From Venom, now Venom Inc., they get Return of the Living Dead. In the dark of the night, something strange is going on. Mr. There's a hundred of those things out there. How many did you say? A hundred? 
And now the question is, how do we get them back into the ground? Because technically, you're not alive. Why do you eat people? Not people. Brains. How do you kill something that's already dead? Well, how do I know, Fred? I don't know. Let me think. It's not a bad question, Bert. In that movie, they destroyed the brain to kill him. Is that what they did? The brains, right. Brains. Dan O'Bannon, rest in peace. Uh, if you guys don't know him, he worked with on uh, Alien. Um, this is and Blade incre- Runner. And Blade Runner. This is an incredible movie. Uh, it's more of like Actually, a slapstick shit, horror comedy, if you will. Ahead of its time for the comedy it, it, it put out. Um, arguably one of the greatest zombie films ever made. Indeed. If not, the greatest. Uh, Doctor and I great, were just talking about that, right. actually. Um this was the movie that, believe it or not, coined the term for zombies eating brains. That was never a thing before this film. Um, this was the film that, that put out... What, what we know as zombies now is... Brainless. Where's that figure at? You have that. I do. It's in the closet. I have the Tarman figure. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, oh, it's awesome. And I've met Alan Troutman, and I've met I've met everybody in the film. I've got film. a Tarman thing. What do I have? <laughs> I got a shirt. You have that shirt. Yeah. Which has made that guy... Sorry, I forget. I just emailed him, too. I forget his name. Uh, but he does a lot of the artwork for Scream Factory and uh, Fright Rags, like a, a ton of work. And that Tar Man shirt where, that Fright Rags put out a long time ago where it's got like a volume up button and it's the Tar Man chilling. It's a, Is that the one I have? Yeah. Okay. And it's... Um, what the hell's his name? I'm going to throw this out there to you guys. It's... Uh, Justin over at Slasher Design. Definitely check his shit out. If you haven't, you already have. You probably own his fucking artwork on your your t-shirts. You're wearing it. A lot of the Scream Factory art prints that are out on on your Blu-rays and whatnot, that's that's, that's your boy Justin over at Slasher Design, so give him a shout-out. Justin, hopefully we work together in the future. Um, We're huge fans of your work, so. Yeah, Um, Definitely. Shot you an email, so so get back to us on that. Let me uh, put subtitles on. Where are my manners here? I can probably recite most of this film, uh, but you, he actually can, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I'm still used to PS4 as far as 
you guys have heard my woes on this podcast. Of uh, there we go. Thank you. Oh God! Did you finally hork the Xbox? No, I still got it. It is in pawn because if uh, I'm a pawnbroker, that pawns my own shit for money. Usually to go to shows to do interviews for you guys. So uh, yeah, indeed. Um, Ave Venom Inc. Nuclear Blast Records. It's out in stores now. Uh, pick it up. God damn, hearing that stuff live was amazing. They played about. Uh, they played maybe a couple songs off that record, and then just cuts. old school Venom shit. It was yeah. amazing. Um, can't say anything negative about any of those guys. All of them, uh, Tony as well as you'll hear on the on the interview uh, for a brief moment. Uh, Tony, and, you know, in no disrespect, Demolition we, Man. We was, wanted. We wanted. Phantasm. We don't half-ass anything. We we wanted the original members. We're always an original member. Kind of, kind of podcast, but y'all can blame me. Send your complaints to drvisitwest.com. There's no qualms with me with his performance, and, and, and no, that's great. Right. Demolition Man's been there since '89. I mean, he's definitely earned his keep in that band, and he's definitely more genuine than. Uh, well, you'll hear them talk about their uh, t- talk about Kronos and all that stuff, which is pretty in depth, and it's very uh, unique interview as far as the vibe. It's very cool, and uh, you know. And there's our, our demon kitty. Uh, Tuna is just been passed out since we interviewed Matt Harvey earlier. So, uh, you know, we got that coming for you guys. But we got the crew here. We got Linnea Quigley. Uh, God, she's so fucking hot. Yeah, she's movie. hot in this movie. She looked the best in this movie because when you watch Night of the Demons, you're like, shoo. Uh, really, I would have fucked her there. I would have because she's like a whore in that film. She so I just is. watched that the other night. But I want to fuck her. She looks a little bit. But, you know, I'd... We're not trying to sexualize you, Linnea, but you are a uh, sex symbol among... You were a masturbation yeah. queen for me as a kid. Yeah. I mean, I, you know... Hopefully we'll get her on, too. Of her I'm, in this film, because she's... When she's nude on the gravestone with the fucking stock oh, it's on great. the it's fucking great. heels, I'm like, it's, forget it. It's so it. Icon- it's, it. It's so iconic, and... Um, I want a shirt of her wearing that, doing but that. One of the first she, conventions I went to was Days of the Dead forever ago, um, but they had the Return of the Living Dead reunion. Got, was she there? Oh yeah! Did yeah. you meet her? I did. I didn't get a, a print or a picture or anything. I met Tom Matthews. I got a Tommy Jarvis print for you know because he had him. But I that was great. Um, very cool guy. Jewel Shepard still looks exactly the same. She looks stunningly beautiful. It's really crazy. She still has the same fucking hair as this movie. It's nuts. Uh, she was very cool. Alan Troutman was very cool. Um, who else? Trying to remember everybody. Never get, never met. Uh... Oh yeah, Don Kalfa was great. That was a pleasure of meeting him. Um, very genuine man. He was talking about stuff leaking down into the morgue. I have that yeah. problem. It was to kind of spray on marijuana or something. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Beverly Randolph was nice. Miguel Nunez, who was a past guest of ours, uh, haven't met him. Uh, you know, we just have to hold on for that one. Um, you know, Spider's my favorite. Hold on, hold on, He's just my. He's my. Hold on, hold on, hold on. my favorite character. Brian Peck was the other one I met. He was is that not? Is, is that interview even available for people to go listen to? Yeah. Well, well, See, that's tell the thing. me real quick how bad you had to butcher that thing. It was. Um, I guess it was just a, a poorly timed interview. As far as, um, you know, we thank Miguel for for giving us the time to do it, but I think it was one of the situations where we just. Needed to do it at a different time. Uh, he was in the middle of 
going Maybe out. when he was asleep. He was in the middle of going out with his wife or something crazy, and we were like, he was like walking down Main Street on the phone, like digging his ass. I don't know what he was doing, but we I just... Mean, no, listen, I had a great idea. We should do another interview with him when he's asleep. <laughs> we get the same, the same reaction. Hey, man, what about that graveyard scene? Did you like oh, Lenny's... No, 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 no. <laughs> Did you like Lenny's tits? And then... Pretty much. You know, yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't know. Whatever, um, it's fine. I let that s- settle for a while, and I still can't get over how much I love this film and his character, and it. it's still awesome. And yeah, he's the shit. I think he'd make up for it if I met him in person. Maybe we'll do another one when we have more time and actually get some stuff out of him. So, so down in the basement, I keep talking about where I live, and morgues, I'm still in the morgue. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the soundtrack's great to this movie. Francis Haynes is a unspoken gem in, 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 in this era as far as the synth, synth music. And Agreed. <clears throat> One of the biggest travesties to horror soundtracks is that the Trioxin theme never made it on the soundtrack as, an, as a song. So all our, us fans ever got was the, the title, like at the beginning of the movie, like this part coming up whenever the Trioxin uh, leaks out and uh, James Karen and Tom Matthews get infected and they show the title screen and all that. When That's, did you first see this film? Is it weird I saw it at the theater? Not at all. I was at least seven when I nice. saw it. It's old. It's one of the first horror movies I really, really liked that I would keep. This watching. thing definitely had a life of its own on home video. I think. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's beyond a cult classic at this point. This is a very, it's just a very good movie. I mean, it really is. <clears throat> it's the comedy is perfect to where it's not like corny. It's it's just good, and it, and the the effects are brilliant like the the tar man costume is amazing uh you know of course dan o'bannon is fantastic sure and um for a basically a parody film this really trumped a lot of uh i don't really like using that term anymore but it triumphed over the popular zombie stuff like the romero stuff not to say you know of course clue gallagher's fucking in goddamn freddy's revenge oh, you got Clue Gallagher from Freddy's Revenge, which is awesome in this, and he's he plays a fucking awesome character. Come on. All I gotta say is... Come on, Tuna. And the late and great Mark Venturini, one of the best parts of this whole film, and you know you know him from from part five, uh, Friday the 13th, which is amazing, and the cast are just so... Uh, I don't know, they, they dug real deep in this. And then you got Michael Crabtree, who's from the Oakland Raiders on the team, you know. <laughs> it's not the same. It, it's not the same Michael Crabtree, but... Um. Yes, Andy Stokes. What a great uh, casting director there, because this, this cast is just really cool, and they work so well together. And if you ever listen to our interview with uh, Miguel Nunez, if you if you can decipher all that, um, he was homeless when he shot this film, and when he shot uh, that's fr- crazy Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, because um, he was from like North or South Carolina or something. Yeah, and then that. when he moved out there, just to to get out of home and make his break and he did you know at least around the time he did and um it's just crazy to hear that side of things and of course you got john russo in there and uh who helped with the original story i guess that's dating from the uh whatever it is the uh night of the living dead because that of they course, yeah. drew the original story from that and this is basically the unofficial sequel to it which is hence the return of the living dead moniker but um yeah, this is, I mean, this is classic stuff, and it's, this really, 
can't be beat if you watch zombie films and then you watch this. This is you know, this I is good, man. fun. A lot of people don't know. Savini was actually asked to do the makeup on this film, right? And it was a conflict of interest because he was working on Day of the Dead. Yeah, and this wasn't. This kind of pissed. I think this pissed George off at the time. It probably did, but you know, the reality is this is actually really good. Yeah, and you know, no, I mean. It, you can say what you want, but this film—I don't know what it is about it. It's just it's this. It's say what it is. It's this. I'm not hooked up to your. Hold on. This is this. None of this is going to work until I have you hook me up to your <laughs> to your goodness here. It's again the doctor ruins his own jokes. I did I fucked up my own plug because I, I, for whatever reason, I'm not connected to your Wi-Fi. But anyway, the, I don't know if you go watch a bunch of zombie films and put in this one. This one just has the. Best vibe. The punk rock thing's great in it. You know, it is all the it's it's a music the ensemble. Great. Yeah, it's forty five grave and, and the cramps and you know you got all that shit thrown it's in great. there. And, yeah, it's it's really good. TSOL, yeah, TSOL. it's good. And uh, yeah, it's it's great stuff. Let me see. Let me get you on the Wi Fi, Doctor West. Why am I not on it? I didn't change it. I haven't touched anything on mine. Oh, yeah, when I tried to hook up the, <coughs> the Xfinity X1, not to give them a, a plug or anything, um, they had to change my thing. Oh, it shit the bed. Yeah. That should be it. It's good for me to train my mind and continue to remember my own password that I made up, so that's good. good. Um, but, yeah, I can't say oh, enough no. good things about this film. It's just... It's just good, and the music's great. The cast is just is phenomenal. Like the this. direction's great. Forty-five grades. I still want to hear this dialogue here real quick. Tootie wants to party. <laughs> if you guys ever watch the Coral's Hollow Grounds, you really need to for this one. It's pretty cool. The... Sean Clark. Um, if you have the Screen Factory Collector's Edition, like we do here, which you can get at Best Buy if you don't have it. Come on, let's go get the prick. We're on Amazon. Yep. It's like Harriet. That's not nice. Yeah, what does he think we are? Weird or something? What time does Freddy get off? Ten o'clock. I ain't sitting here. Okay, I want to tell you something really funny. The guy in the back, hard left, was in North Shore. Really? Yeah, that's goddamn Turtle from fucking North Shore. Uh, Philbin, I he was also in fucking Point Break. Yeah. The original, not the remake. Uh, John Philbin, yeah. Did you meet him? Yep. Was he nice? This whole cast was amazing to me. They were all really cool. But now, you didn't meet the one dude because he's dead. No, I met Don Calfa. No, I meant that... Oh, yeah, Mark Venturini's been dead since before I started going to conventions, but... That's crazy. Yeah. I never knew he was dead until, you, you know, we talked about this in length. It was funny because when I was younger, I always thought Mark Venturini was Spider. I always thought, I always thought uh, Miguel Nunez was. I thought Mark Venturini was his name. So I was like, "Oh, he's dead. That's sad." And then I was like, "Oh, Mark Venturini suicide." But that still sucks. He's like the he killed himself. 
No, no, his name is Suicide in the movie. Oh, that's wrong. Yeah, but the... Here we go. And Linnea's fucking awesome in this. You know, it makes the movie. Did you meet that dude with the mohawk? Mm-hmm. Brian Peck, yeah. That's crazy! And they were all there. Uh, Clue, I met Clue Gallagher, too. The only person I didn't meet from this film was Mark and uh, James Karen. I didn't get to that's meet awesome. him. awesome. But yeah, they had the huge reunion... And Don Calfo was super cool. Yeah, James Cameron's the only one I... Or, James Cameron. Uh, James Karen is the only person I haven't met. That guy right there? Yeah. And he stopped doing conventions. He did his last one. Is he still alive? Yeah. That's awesome. He's been in a ton of TV and movies and shit. Yeah. Now, what year? This is 85? Yeah. Yeah, we should probably get to that. Um, I'm doing it right now. Let me pull up the films here. Am I going to read them? I'll, I'll get it, and then you get the, the music. Music's just as big as the... Uh, Hopefully. Yeah. Hello. We have Mrs. Gorkrass has entered the building. Huh. Let me see what we got for 85. I'm sure we've done 85 before, but I don't remember doing it. I've got it pulled up here, though, so whenever... It smells like feet. Like feet. Yep. Ew. It's gross. It's probably my feet. My feet stink. That's okay. I can <laughs> burn the candle. They always stink. Oh, oh there's some. There's definitely some good ones for '85. Of course, you know every every episode is a new episode, so you can just hear the '85 over and over. And I've now uh, shamed my best friend's fiance with my stinky feet. That's it. Oh yeah, I can publicly see. over the internet. Tuna smells like a foot in general, so it's probably. Or corn chips, yeah. That's feet. That's a feet. Yeah. Okay, I can see the ones we've done. That's all right. Uh, I don't remember doing this, but it's fun. I don't care. There's some great. It was. Stuff. It was uh, one that we did just uh, standalone. You know, with just us a while back. So oh, it's been it. a while. It Here we go. Uh, of course, we'll run you through the year of '85 to get you a feel for when this film came out, so you can get a gist of what you the times. regular movies first or regular, always yeah regular, regular movies first then we'll get into the horror films I didn't know where you were going with it I just made it sure and then Dr. Wessel handled the music of 85 so this came out in August of 95 we'll just give you some titles here we'll save the best for last you mean 85? 85 yeah uh, we got mm-hmm. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure got Commando yes yes Tuna went pee pee he actually just went pee pee did you go pee-pee? Okay, gotta make sure Tuna goes pee-pee. Uh, yeah, Commando, it's nasty. Um, got Toby Hooper's Life Force. I love that movie. Got Return to Oz, which is a very weird sequel. Um, we got Legend with um, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tim, Tim Curry as the demon, which is awesome. Uh, Teen Wolf, which Miss Gorkrest hates. Uh, really? To- Try to put it on last night, and she it. was like, "No, this is stupid." I don't hate it. I just didn't. It didn't even get past. It's a, it's flashed Teen Wolf on the screen, no, and she was like, "Can we not? This is dumb." I just don't like it. That much. <laughs> it's all right. I like it. I, don't I haven't know. seen it, but it, it, it is kind of dumb. I think it's one you just had to like as a kid. I didn't like they made. Film. I think the Jason Bateman one's awesome. The second one. Um, I've got both of them. Yeah, I don't like the the newer ones, like the whatever. No, MTV no, no, shit. no, MTV, no. Um, no. Uh, it's one of the doctors. Choices right here, Fletch. I love Chevy that Chase. I love it. Um, European Vacation. Black Cauldron. Yep, National Lampoon's European Vacation. Good movie. 
That's a wheelchair fucker classic. Yeah. <laughs> Silverado, uh, Red, uh, Red Sanja, which is awesome. Another uh, Schwarzenegger classic. We got Mask, which is that the Eric Stoltz one? That's a hard movie to watch. Yeah. Sad. Uh, Death, Death Wish 3. But yeah, it's Eric Stoltz, Sam Elliott, and yeah. Cher. You got uh, Invasion USA. Invasion USA is a great film. Uh, to Live and Die in L.A. That's a great film. The Jewel of the Nile. There's your exorcist director that did To Live and Die in L.A. Right. Uh, William Freakin. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> will your purpose as a man and open this jar? Yes, I will open this jar masculinely on the podcast here. Jar of green olives here. And speaking of martinis and green olives, uh, A View to, ki- View to a Kill. Nineteen eighty-five. films. The oh, last Roger Moore film. Oh, wait, here we go. Real quick, guys, sorry about the break here. The worst way would be for boats old men. This is Miss Gore Christ. And start fighting. Here you go. Eating me alive. I see. Eating me alive. Take off my clothes. The day, day of suffering. <laughs> I need to put this as your ringtone again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this needs to be your ringtone again. Here we go. Yeah. Alright. Now we got the the booty break here. Um, let's see what else we got. Got Rocky Four. It's a great movie. Uh, one of my favorites. Weird Science. Great movie. Uh, another John Hughes, Breakfast Club. Great movie. Rambo, First Blood Part Two. Great movie. And then uh, save the best two for last. We got the Goonies, <coughs> the Goonies, nineteen eighty five, and the best movie to come out of nineteen eighty five. Period. Back to the Future. Yeah, what a great movie. And one then, of my favorite movies. Man. Oh, and then we're not done yet. The horror stuff is just. 85 is a pretty damn good year for that. Um, I'm trying to think before you start that what my favorite movie from 85 horror-wise would be. I'll knock some out. I'll leave. I'll narrow down the, the ones. I'll leave them out here for a second. Uh, we got Night Train to Terror. We got House. That's a great movie. Oh, yeah, it is. It's good for hot... House 2 is actually I've become fond of. It's actually really I good. I love both of those movies, actually. Uh, uh, Faces uh, of Death 3. Ow. Here you go, some fucking accept. You got demons, Lombardo Baba. I love that um, movie. Horror House on Highway Five. You got Wes Craven's Chiller. Um, I'm not really familiar with that film. It's weird, but it's it's Craven. No, I mean I've seen it. I'm um, just not very familiar with it. You got Phenomena, Jennifer oh, Connelly, Dario Argento. It's awesome. Um, got Howling Two. I love that movie. The doctor's favorite horror movie of all time, The Mutilator. That is not true. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> Everyone knows the 
the title. <laughs> That's funny. I think that um, movie, man, that, that title and what that movie actually is is the most biggest ripoff in America. Oh, I know. It's like <laughs> it's a North Carolina turd. Is where South Carolina turd is yeah, what it is. North Carolina. Um, Nailgun Massacre. Love that movie. Stephen King's Cat's Eye. I don't love that movie, but I like it. It's worth having. Yeah, Drew Barrymore freaks me out. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Ghoulies. Love it. So you got the Midnight Hour, the Doctor and the Devils. Uh, here's a great Friday and Thirteenth Part Five, which also has Miguel Nunez shot the same year. That's a Corey movie, not it a is. West movie. Uh, this is the one we've done: Nightmare on Elm Street Two, Freddy's Revenge. Love that. Movie. Also has Clue Gallagher in that film. So there's that. Uh, Stephen King's Silver Bullet with Gary Busey. You know, I was, and I love Corey Haim. I was never into that film. No, I like Gary Busey. Uh, no, I mean, I like both of them. It's just one of those films, if you ever try to watch it, it's just a yeah, weird movie. It is weird. Uh, and then you got the... This is where the comedy comes in. It's got the nude cadaver running around without the head. I always was interested how they shot this. You know, they do a really good job of covering up... Um, you know, it's hard to shoot a his guy penis. without a fucking head. Yeah, and avoiding the penis shot and his his head and his head in the shot, you know. Right. It's hard to... The two heads. Yeah, it's hard to get all that... Uh, it's very good film work there, definitely. Uh, the Stuff. That's then, a fun movie. Yeah, then you got uh, Once Bitten with Jim Carrey. I fucking love it's that great. movie. It's a great film. Really, love that movie. It's a Halloween film, too, so definitely. Guys, you throw it's it on your, Halloween on your Halloween marathon list this year. If you've never seen Once Bitten, of course, Screen Factory put it out. Go watch it. Um, we're down to the, the final three here. Once Bitten is great. Doctor, you gotta film. know one of these out of the three. 85 horror this is This is a horror film. There's three more. This is something that I rave about? Actually, no, I... W- one of them, we mentioned one already, kind of. And the other one, I know that you you know. Obviously. Obviously. There's one very crucial 85 one. is a weird year. So I'm trying... Hold on a second. Let me just kind of think about it. It's none of the Phantasm films. No. There's not a Friday the 13th from that year that I like. Right. Um, from Beyond? Nope. Reanimator. That's it. Reanimator, Reanimator 1985. Uh, good luck buying on an arrow. You're going to spend a million bucks. Um, but that, that new edition that they put out is pretty nasty. So uh, If not, they have a regular edition. Just go just go buy it on home video and, and get it on your playlist. Go fucking In fact, you can get the image up. version of the Blu-ray that's still in print. Yeah, that's Best Buy right now for like five ninety. Yeah, just, you know, go... It's in their d- cheap man. As long as you're watching the damn thing, it doesn't matter. Nope. Um, Why you tell yourself that, Corey? Yeah. Well, you know, I have to get the Blu-rays. I got shit to do, do here. I do. I gotta get the platinum. I gotta get the... Bullshit. I gotta get the mamma jamma here. I have a... I have a podcast to run, you know. You do. Yeah, I can't be doing this on VHS, you know. No, don't do it on VHS. We gotta have the clean. We'll cut. do. V- we'll do Lene Quigley on VHS. Yeah. We gotta have the the Supremo here. We've done one DVD on this podcast, Unhinged, and that's it. That's right. We did. We did do Unhinged. It's the only one we ever did. That's weird. I forgot about that. It was cool. It was cool. It's a we weird film. We did a throwback. Um, we got two more movies. I I give up. Hang I have no idea. I, wait, I know. Wait, no, that's not the right year. I like it spooky. I mean, I got something to say, you know. What do you think this is all about? You think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. Um, 
Yeah. Yo, what's wrong with you, man? Show some fucking respect for the dead, will ya? Where's my olive? Okay. Two more. We have... I don't know. I mean, literally, I'm thinking of everything that I like. Well, that was it. The reanimator one was the one. It would be your favorite. Uh, Fright Night. Is that 85? It is. Besides this film, Return of the Living Dead, I would say Fright Night's my other favorite. You love that movie. Uh, for horror movies, yeah. I love it, too, though. I've got both oh, yeah. versions of the... And then the number Fallout. one here, we'll, we'll put this at one, because I would put Return at, at one, but this one will be one for that sake. Day of the Dead. I would actually put Reanimator over that, but Day of the Dead's you know. I would put one good shit over Day of the Dead. Yeah, so. Day of the Dead's good shit. It is. Um, it's just a nightmare for me. I don't. It's very. It's a very isolated movie because they're trapped in that. It's stressful. Imagine being a zombie apocalypse. I personally wouldn't want to be trapped with the military. I think that's just make me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't feel awful. safe doing that. I'd feel really weird. Um, the gore is great in that. It comes in weird at parts, but it's there. <coughs> um, <coughs> It's a very different film. It's got its own, it's got its own pace to it. Um, seems kind of slow, but whenever stuff happens, damn, it happens. Um, you know, I've, I uh, met Howard Sherman. He was very cool. Uh, Bub doesn't look like that. That's good. I didn't. I've never seen him outside of the Bub costume, so I didn't know. Or the makeup, I didn't know what he would look like in person. So I was like, "Well, he doesn't look." He's like in a zombie. Quantum Leap episode that I love. Yeah, yeah, he's very cool. Um, but yeah, that that's that compiles the list here for eighty five. All movies. These would be really quick. And then we got we got some great music. Well, we got some okay music. Well, what do we got? All right. <clears throat> this is actually a really short list. Um, I was like, "We got great music." He's like, "Well, no, I mean, we really don't." It's it's very short and small list of, of stuff, and I'm kind of having to cross platforms here to even get that. Ingve Momstein's marching out. Dri's dealing with it. Um, Aerosmith done with mirrors. Keel, The Right to Rock. Pentagram, Relentless. Sepultura, Bestial Devastation. Scorpions, Worldwide Live. Saxon, Innocence is No Excuse. Slayer, Hell Awaits. Armored Saint, Delirious Nomad. Alcatraz, Disturbing the Peace. Celtic Frost. Emperor's Return. Kiss Asylum. Bathory, The Return. Anthrax, Armed and Dangerous. Twisted Sister come out and play. Halloween Walls of Jericho, which is Yenza's favorite thing that they ever did. Huh. Megadeth Killing is My Business and Business is Good. Accept Metal Heart. Exodus Bonded by Blood, my favorite Exodus album. By the way, little teaser if you're listening to this episode, Exodus, future guest. Boom. Um, Rad Invasion of Your Privacy. I know that's whatever, but I love that band. Destruction, Infernal Overkill. Overkill, Feel the Fire, Dawkin, Under Lock and Key, Anthrax, Spreading the Disease, Celtic Frost to Megatherion, Dio, Sacred Heart, and my top two... That's my favorite one. My top two... Your favorite Dio record? Yep. My my top two on this list 
Number two is Creator Endless Pain. Oh, yeah. And number one is Possess Seven Churches. Awesome. Which was groundbreaking. Oh, that's, that's awesome. For what we do on this podcast. Of course. There's some great stuff, and I tried to name what I could of it. Uh, just real quick, this is kind of a something I've never done before. I'm going to try real quick. So if I fuck this up, whatever. I'm going to do rock albums of 1985. No, not Rock Hudson. Rock albums. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this, you're asking? Well, I don't know. But I'm doing it anyway. Some cool little tidbits about this movie once you're done. Um, yeah, this will just take a second. That's I'm just crazy. having fun here. This yeah. is something we normally wouldn't do. I just feel like doing this for no, some you're good. reason. I, don't know why. I may not even end up mentioning any of this stuff because it may just be so god awful and weird I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, I'm going to do this. There's, this is actually worth This is we're definitely worth doing. All right. Um, the Clash cut the crap. Um, ACDC fly on the wall. The Cult Love, which we were just listening to. That was 85? Cool. There you go. Seven Wishes by Night Ranger. That's a good one. Um, It's kind of a throwback to my goth era I went through. It was more of the ladies, but... Sisters of Mercy, First, Last, and Always. Awesome. Um, A good record. Rush Power Windows. Sting, The Dream of the Blue Turtles. It's his first solo album after he left the police. Yeah. Um... The Smiths, Meet His Murder. It's a great album. I know it's weird. I like that band, but whatever I do. Um, for Mrs. Gore Price, The Cure, Head on the Door. There you go. Um, and then finally, my favorite record probably of 1985, Phil Collins, No Jacket Required. Oh, amazing. Which is mainly the reason I just listed all those weird bands. On and on cassette. Mm-hmm. Um, some cool notions about, or mentions about... Uh, <coughs> Return of the Living Dead here, a little tidbits here. John Russo, you know, once he re- he retained the rights for the title Living Dead. You want to talk a little bit about that for people out there that don't know about the John Russo and George Romero's relationship? Well, after night... you've met John several yeah, times. Yeah, several times. Also did a plug for the podcast a while back. When we, <coughs> pretty much when we first started doing it, it was kind of cool. Um, one of our early brief guests we had on... Um, that barbecue that was really neat and he's at a lot of conventions he parties hard for his age I mean he doesn't give a fuck he's pretty cool pretty cool guy um Greek salad <clears throat> just to throw a bunch of shit in a salad <laughs> <laughs> a dump salad yeah it's a dump salad you nice. chicken to it put um, chicken all those tomatoes so after tomatoes. Night of the Living mm-hmm. Dead the they split ways creative differences I'm assuming the original um, film yeah and John had written a novel called Return of the Living Dead, and he retained the rights to the title Living Dead, anything involving that. So he owns the rights to anything. Oh, okay. That says Living Dead on it. I thought people might want to hear about that. Yeah, I so... Knew you would know, so... I know there's a little bit of... I don't know how that relationship goes with them now. I don't... I I'm not going to ask them. I'm assuming they're kind of civil, because when I met George, uh, John was right across from him. It's hard to say whether they would or not. You know, yeah, it's weird. I mean, even at conventions, same thing with, like, not every band that tours together is going to like the other bands. No. I mean, they could be in the same bus and not like no, each other. I mean, true. who knows? Um, 
Just ask anybody that toured with Dave Mustaine and had to share a bus with him. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, Romero wanted to do his own thing. He went and did Dawn and Day. He's doing his own thing. John went and did uh, Return and, and started making the other Living Dead films. Um, but this is interesting. Originally, Toby Hooper was brought on to do this Correct. with them. And he dropped it to go do Life Force, which Correct. was also with Dan O'Bannon. So yes. there's the tie there. Well, it was, they were both MGM projects. Too. Yeah. They were both tied together to do this film and Life Force. And Toby went and just did Life Force with Dan and didn't do this film because he went and did that. So that's pretty cool. And then um, <clears throat> Russo and uh, Tom Fox, they were originally going to do this in 3D with Toby Hooper, which is crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, it is cool. So uh, Toby was supposed to direct this. Yes. And then Dan ended up doing it because he just did the script for Life Force. I think he did a hell of a job. This is a very entertaining Toby went to direct Life Force instead, uh, which was arguably a bigger film for for Toby. A lot of people really love that movie. Um, But, you know, I've I've only seen it a couple times. I can't really... I don't know how good it is. Um... Now I haven't watched it in so long, but I know it's a pretty big film for. Hey, tuna! He's got to protect his shit. He's trying to eat the cat. Yeah, now you're hungry. All right. Well, he's been trying to get my salad, but. Yeah. Well, as soon as the cat goes over to his food. Um. But yeah, let's see. It's Russo would eventually make his own series with the revisit, revised edition of Night of the Living Dead. Um, which is different. And yeah. So the, although the movie is set in Louisville, Kentucky, it was filmed in California. Um, <laughs> yeah, watched on Clark's Land. Yeah. And he'll, he'll go to all the locations and what they look like now, which there was a fun story which he told us I want to say it was on our interview with him before this before this came out. Where he talks about going to the Unita Supply Building. It was. How he had to like sneak on to get those scenes because he they were the guys that owned the property were really dicks. mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to quote him, they were dicks, so um what he does, and we'll talk about Sean for a sec if you want. I think, and whether he ever realizes this or acknowledges me, or, here's here's or the beautiful cremation scene where the zombies begin, and this sets the tone for the whole movie. I think. Quick, we'll put the music on while you're talking about it. I, to me, I think you know what he does is very outlawish, and that's why I like it. Oh yeah, I mean you got to get what you got to get. I mean he's trying to show everybody where all these were filmed, and I think it's a pretty cool thing. You know? But again, about this song, it was never put on the movie soundtrack, and you can't get it anywhere, so the only way you're able to hear it is on the movie itself. There's no... Which, I would love to have this just on a on a disc or something, it'd be great. <clears throat> but you're never going to get it, but the great Francis Haynes did an amazing score for this film, whereas the punk music and all that's great, but the score is amazing, too. I want to give a shout out to one of our followers, JT Latres. If I'm saying your name wrong, if it's not, we apologize. If you listen to our episodes, we don't tend to get a lot of this right, dude. Okay. This guy's in a band, and he follows what we do. And thank you, buddy. You're always liking shit I post. Well, thanks for the support. 
Be sure to tell your parents. <coughs> tell your cousins. Scarier in real life. Tell your neighbors. In person. No. <laughs> Not in the morgue. Um, I need a straight jacket. <laughs> You're in a straight jacket half the time. True. See, he loves Phil Collins, but the doctor is jacket required. Yeah, it's, it's not the no jacket, it's the opposite. That'd be my solo album. Yeah. It'd be called, It'd be called Jacket Required. Vincent West, Jacket Required. <laughs> uh, at all functions. Alan Troutman, who played the tar man in the costume in this film, he worked with Jim Henson, which is pretty awesome. So he was a um, a puppeteer for him, which is crazy. And then you can He's very professional in this film. It's just... has a, It scared the shit out of me. Like, I love the tall man, but it scared me when I saw this movie. It's still kind of freaks me out a little bit but I would love to do a photo op with him in the tar man costume that would be an amazing thing to do but I don't know where that costume is or if somebody owns it or it's it's trashed I don't know that's something I guess we'd have to ask <clears throat> Alan Troutman if he knows if somebody some fan owns it or it's in storage somewhere or they buried it with Dan I don't know so I guess I'll have to We'll have to figure that out, or maybe it's on one of the special features of this Blu-ray. We we'll, might have to dig that out. Um, let's see if there's anything else interesting. Characters of Burt Wilson and Ernie Kaltenbrunner. That's uh, Don Calfa and Clue Gallagher. Uh, contrary to popular belief, not named after the characters from Sesame Street. Dan, <laughs> Dan had no idea he was using the names of those characters. The Burt and Ernie. I mean, I guess... The '80s, they were popular names. I don't know. It seems like just common names then. Now it's like Peyton and Connor and uh, <clears throat> Caden and Jalen. And that's in the south. That's everywhere. Mm. Getting catfished is in the south too. Not just fishing <laughs> for it, but when you go fishing for pussy, it happens too. <laughs> Catfish rated R. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. Well, let's see. Originally, I'll do, the, I'll do the walk of shame on this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Originally, Frank. Did you find out that it's actually the catfish. Originally, Frank I'm was being negative sup- <laughs> supposed to be completely transformed into a zombie and join the zombie mob, but James Karen did not wish to film any scenes in the cold rain of Los Angeles, so he instead suggested that Frank isolate himself before said transformation could be completed. Hello, Lucifer. <clears throat> So this is all courtesy of Wikipedia. Oh. Don't know the authenticity of it, but it sounds pretty legit. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Robert Roger Ebert gave the film three out of four stars. Hey, this is interesting. Roger Ebert gave the film three out of four stars, writing that the film is kind of a sensation machine made out of the the usual ingredients, and the real question is whether it's done with style. Uh, they call Stephen Holden in the New York Times called the film <coughs> Mordant Punk Comedy, stating that it is by no means the ultimate horror movie it aspires to be, which I think he ate his words now because it surely is. It's a, got a lot of really good horror elements to it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever met anyone that didn't like this. Film. The zombies are like actually scary, even though they talk and they like send more paramedics. And you can't kill these zombies because they don't know how. Oh. None of them die in this movie. Like the. The tar man gets his head knocked off, and I think he dies. But oh, while we're talking about this, Return of the Living Dead Two is going to be a uh, Warner Archive thing, which is amazing. That's needed to be on Blu-ray for a long time. I mean, it's going to be bare bones, yeah, but at least it doesn't it's, matter. It's we need that print. Uh, we have Return of Living Dead Three out from Vestron. It looks amazing. That we need to do. It's using the goodness. It's 
creeps me the fuck out. The movie's nasty. Oh, it's good stuff. <clears throat> Definitely a cult classic. That's a really good... Anytime you pop in a used in a flick, you can automatically tell. It's like, this looks raunchy, and then it's like, oh, it's I always thought these shots were really cool. <clears throat> With the acid rain and the... Just going the way to the he's cemetery. using the camera yeah. out there. I just think it's cool. I'm saying, O'Bannon really knocked it out. This movie's great. And the everything down to the just the bare minimum. Here. Yeah, obviously when you're the artist, the one doing it, you're going to be overly critical of your right. work. But I can't say enough good things about this movie. It's just cool, and the zombies look fantastic. Yeah, they and the, they still do. And they don't fucking die in this movie. Like they, there's just so many of them, and then they're just making more. You know, because so many of them come out at once. They're just like. They do like this fucking guerrilla warfare, like ambushing in this movie. That's really brilliant. Like it's just, it's cool, man. The zombies are very different in this movie, and I don't think you know you can see this as a horror comedy, but there's a lot more horror to this movie than comedy. In Agreed. A, in yeah, a lot, I think in a it's lot of ways. Edgy and it's, yeah. You know. And the punk rock thing makes it darker in a way, and it makes it lighter in a way. You know, it all depends. Um, the character. I was never scared <laughs> watching this movie. I just thought it was cool. I was always afraid of Tar Man, just because. At the time, I thought it was an animatronic when I was little, and it freaked me out because I was like, how is he moving like a human? I never made the distinction he was in a costume because it looks so real, but it looks it looks surreal. I don't know how to explain it. But When I was little, is I thought... Is this him right <clears throat> Yes, this is Beverly Randolph about to meet um, Tarman right here. <clears throat> of course, it's Kimberly in the movie, but... But yeah, I, I wish they had just the score of this fucking film on CD, but they they don't. Because <clears throat> Francis Haynes did... It's part of the reason this movie's great. It's outside of the punk soundtrack, which made it so iconic, the actual score, score. is just awesome, man. I can't say enough about that. There he is. Hey, he's fucking scary, man. Sorry for the naked girl. Yeah. See, I always thought he was like an animatronic. That's why he always scared me. I was like, how is he not real? I was like, oh, he's a guy in a suit. He's real. <clears throat> and these zombies are smart, too. Did you so. met him, too, the twin? Yep. Alan Troutman. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Had some original sketches made, too, that he had for sale. It was awesome. Yeah. Anytime you get to go to a con and you like this film, you see these guys at a convention, go meet them. They're all fantastic people. <clears throat> of course, Miss Gorkrice and I are going to go in May and see some of them. So. See what? See one of their reunions, so that'd be cool. Oh, is it one of these? <clears throat> yeah, Tom Matthews will be there, Beverly Randolph will be there, Linnea Quigley, and I think Alan Troutman is going to be there, too, so... Days of the Dead, May 2018, and Charlotte, so. where they used to have the old uh, Mad Monster Party before they moved it, so at the uh, Sheraton out there. <clears throat> Alright, it's hard not to play the actual sound for this movie. See, that's the weird thing. He never becomes a zombie. He's just dead. Lord, 
nasty. There's another good part in this whole thing. <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah the suicide never becomes a zombie. He's just dead. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe because he ate his actual brains, a lot of them get just bitten. Maybe because he ate his brains out, he's probably just fucking toast. But. And why are the two of them sick? Because they got hit with the trioxin from the... <coughs> they hit the tar man's... Uh, what is it? The uh, the barrel and it leaked out. I haven't watched the trioxin. Movie in a yeah. long time. It leaked out the trioxin, so they got the straight up chemicals hitting their face, and then people have go to stuff that they wa- they watch. <clears throat> this is one of my rotation films. Yeah. I I like it yeah. a lot. I don't have anything bad to say. Everybody's about got their you know their. their it's own just thing. not one that I'm like. I gotta watch this over and over and over. Right. And over and over and over and over. Now. You probably That's don't. Probably you probably don't do this, and I asked Matt Harvey, but I'm interested because I always try to watch some new stuff around this time of year. Um, do you have stuff that you just fucking have to watch to keep you into the Halloween spirit? Yeah, and it's 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 simple stuff for me. It's, I mean, you got to do the obvious things. You got your you know, well. Here's here's these are the this is this is it. It's real simple. Or some of the this crucial is, things for you out, outside of the obvious. Well, like Halloween. I'll do them all. I'll do them all. This is this is stuff that I will watch, regardless of anything. Right. But if you're trying to get in, you know, solely for Halloween, I know we horror fans, us, me and you, we're we do this stuff all all year, whatever. But for right. Halloween, you save stuff and you watch it. For me, it's it's. Uh, the first eight, Friday the thirteenth. Of course, yeah. The first three Halloween pictures. Absolutely. That's it. There's I would no even stretch it to four. If, I, I don't have a problem with four, five, and six, but I generally. If, if I would go further, I'd go to four, and that's it. Well, no, I I, I don't have a problem with five. I'm just just being honest with what I end up watching. Sure. What I plan to watch and what I end up watching, but it's the first three Halloween films, the first eight, Friday the thirteenth. Well, two through eight. Yeah. I don't watch part one. That's um, the first. Well, now now I can add three into this register, but usually the first the the, the first two phantasms, of course. Um, the first Halloween though gets a lot of replay value. Uh, the first Exorcist. Oh yeah, and the first all three of the Amityvilles. And mo- most importantly of everything that I watch, I do a huge uh, Vincent West. This is like my thing that I do for myself. I watch um, every Vincent Price film, period, in the month of October. I've already started doing this. I do it every year now. I started doing it a few years ago when they put when Scream Factory put the first volume of the uh, Vincent Price collection on Blu-ray. I will watch every fucking film that I have of his on Blu-ray. And some of the Kino Lover stuff that came out, the House of Wax 3D version that came out from Warner Brothers, all of it. All of that stuff gets watched. It gets watched more for me this month than any time during the year. Like, I, I, I randomly will watch Vincent Price stuff, but Vincent Price stuff to me around the month of October is... Must viewing for me. I I don't know why. I just um, 
House of Usher and fucking uh, any, any any of the stuff that he did with Roger Corman. All that stuff is necessary Halloween stuff for me. Got to watch <sighs> this surprise around Halloween. You got to. That's and those collections are invaluable to me. It's pretty, oh, those are out of print. You can't. Well, I'm like, well, I've got them. I, I'm a, I love Vincent Price. So Vincent, Vincent Price movies this time of year, real big. And for some reason, I don't know why I like to watch Vincent Price movies around Christmas. Yeah, I, I can. I yeah, I watch Bond movies and Vincent Price stuff around Christmas. But anyway, but makes sense. And it's all not definitely not. But anyway, but which is coming out? But this Halloween, year, uh, Halloween though. <clears throat> first three Halloween films. Uh, trying to think what else I've I've started. Christine. Oh yeah, I threw that um, in this year for sure. Uh, the Fog is a great one to watch. But like some of the stuff that some people might think that I would watch around this time of year, I don't do. Like yeah. I don't watch. I do not watch uh, like I don't know I don't I don't watch what I think some people would like I don't ever watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Halloween that's not a Halloween film to me that's more a summer movie that's what it is but yeah it is and it's just it's it's never ha- it's never had a Halloween appeal to me. Um, but everything else I mentioned sure I watch a lot of Friday the 13th, the series. I watch a lot of Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah. The, the, the TV show. <coughs> Monsters. I was watching the Monsters. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I used to just watch it on TV when it came out. But I have... Time. I don't usually ever watch the Monsters throughout the year, but I watch it in, in October. I don't know. I have weird stuff that I watch. There's our old man right there. I never did a Mr. Skinless, but this one... You all know when that scene happens. You've probably seen it more times than the movie itself. So that's what I watch. <clears throat> I'd say for me, I'm trying to think of... But I don't... Some, like, here, here is not a Halloween film to me. Nothing from Stuart Gordon is a Halloween film to me. Those movies are just nasty. Th- those are not Halloween films, though, to me. And I, I think some people get confused. I'll tell you something else that is not a Halloween film to me. Watching Hellraiser movies around Halloween does nothing for me. Yeah. Those are throughout the year. I don't need to watch Hellraiser during Halloween. Right. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. There's you something that's a great one on Halloween. It's a great one. A little Shop of Horrors. We watched that I the other night. I can't do that movie. Like I'd rather blow my head off than watch that film. <laughs> I know people that love that, and that's fun. I get it. And the cast on paper, that movie. You got John Candy, Bill Murray. I just can't. Uh, I can't do it. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, the musicals. The I Rocky to... Horror thing is me stretching it, and it, it would if it didn't have a whoopee sensibility for me. Yeah. Because of my aunt and uncle that were way into that movie mm-hmm. when I was growing up, then I wouldn't even have that. That movie, that movie, uh, it came out when I was born, so yeah, it's it's, it's weird. Here's uh, I'll throw out some good ones. Miss Gorkrice and I have already watched. I've tried to follow what you were posting occasionally when mm-hmm. I can see it, but I can't. The trying to fo- I want to say this to both of you to try to follow either one of you what you post. I would need like a scientist. <laughs> And someone else to help me break it down. It's just madness mm-hmm. trying to follow you guys, what you all post. Because I, I never post anything. I'll post something like, I don't feel good. And <laughs> people are like, oh, that sucks. You know. You're all like, all this witty stuff. and everything. I'm not I'm not making fun. It's, it's just hard to, I can't. See, for me, I try to watch mostly horror films that take place on or around Halloween itself. Well, let me, actually, let me ask you both this. So, we'll, so the we'll vibe get, is there. We'll get Alexis in on this. So, teen will just immediately no-go. 
How come you just uh, '80s blah? Huh? The Team Wolf thing. You were trying. You were going to watch Team Wolf part of your Halloween well, no, thing. It just, just. It's just silly. I just don't it is. It no. It is. I'm not <laughs> arguing that. I I agree with that. So look, well, let me ask you this. So you, I, I I saw a couple things. You watched Pumpkinhead. Love it. She I loves love that movie. Pumpkinhead. Yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm telling you. I remember. I try to follow. You probably get some. Do, but I can't. Um, fuck. I saw a few of these, and I'm trying to remember what I saw. I'm going to name two really good ones. Go ahead. Uh, where did you start? Go where you started and go down. House of Thousand Corpses was the first one, <laughs> which you love. I love that movie. Hey. Uh, it takes place... Look what, what we're getting. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Peyton Manning statue. Oh. Good. I hope they take it down because he's a Confederate officer. <laughs> it's... Here it is. It's right there. It's awful. Yeah. So between A House of a Thousand Corpses and Peyton Manning, I think the doctor's just... I think he's just going to go home now, so... Here, let me talk about A House of a Thousand Corpses briefly. Let me say one thing about it. It's the first film we did when we did... You know, I don't even know how many films we've done. Sometimes we watch like four a night. Like, we've just been Mm -hmm. knocking them out. Um, Just to have fun, you know, to, to, to have some... Just me and Alexis' time, you know, watching horror movies. We do it anyway, but... Trying right. to get it into because last year we were so heavily bound in the podcast itself that I was like, "Well, you can just go listen to our episodes. I don't need to watch horror movies. <laughs> we're not doing it." So don't want to do that this year. Want to definitely get some movies in there. Uh, but House of a Thousand Corpses was Rob Zombie's first film. It was actually going back and watching it recently. Even it's very, it is very good. It's a good movie. It's it's his own thing. He wasn't trying to be. Um, what the fuck's his name? Whatever. He wasn't trying to make Holy Mountain, and he wasn't trying to make uh, Halloween, and he wasn't trying to do all this stuff. He was just making his own fucking movie. And it and it looks like it's his own movie. Yeah, it was inspired by a lot of other things. You can tell he has seen a lot of horror stuff, like really old stuff to new stuff. And um, it was definitely his own movie, and it and it and it takes place on Halloween, which is nice. So that was why I started with that one. And it's a good it's a good start to a to a you know a list I think is one to get to start it all off I think it really helped it was nice. What were you gonna say? No, nothing. I'm just trying to ugh that film. I can't. I know you don't like it. I don't like him. I know. I don't know if we've ever talked about that. I just don't like him. I think he's talentless. I can't stand him. Makes sense. He reminds me. He's the Quentin Tarantino of horror. He's just right. a, he just bandwagons things and then puts films out. But whatever. Yeah. Which just I go, agree just with go that. listen to John Carpenter call him a piece of shit. Yeah. That's, all the, <laughs> that's all the info you need from me. Uh, it's definitely funny. Which but no, I get it. You're good. I, I want to hear about your list. I think it's interesting what you're watching. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't have to like it. it. Doesn't matter. Everybody likes different shit. This was a first for me and Miss Scar Christ. We watched Trick or Treat, not the the Aussie uh, Trick or Treat Gene Simmons one, but the the anthology thing. Yeah, the anthology. I can't thing. do it. It was cool. I you liked it. I yeah. can't. A lot of people like it. I don't like it. I've never... We never watched it I don't before. hate it. I just didn't. Yeah. It's old. It's been out for a long time. It is. It's, always, it's been out a long time. It's got a huge following. It does. I like that movie. But. And then I was like, okay, well, let's just watch it. It's Halloween. It's a Halloween movie. And it's, you know, it's cool. I like You've it. known me long enough where it just... You can tell. No, if I watch it. something, I'm like, well, the doctor's not going to like it, but I think it's cool. Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's why it's your list. It's the right. stuff you guys watch. I think it's cool. Um, I didn't hate it. I just this don't. is another uh, Linnea film, uh, Night of the Demons. Awesome. 
Great film. It's a great movie. That's a must watch. That's also a Halloween movie. Do you um, have that? I don't. I have it. Um, I streamed it online. It's actually got a print. It is. Uh, you can get it from Scream Factory. They have it up. You just can't buy the slipcase with it. Oh. Uh. Um, <clears throat> Scream Factory's got a Friday the 13th sale, like their little Spooktober sale thing going on. So uh, you can pick up Night of the Demons. I think it's like 15 bucks. so it's not bad. Uh, Witchboard, awesome movie. It's, it's another Halloween movie. film. It's a good movie. Um, so here we go. So even though that's goofy, he's still fucking scary looking. I don't know. Even his voice is creepy. Um, yeah, Witchboard's <laughs> awesome. If you haven't seen it, it's just... <coughs> it's a, that's a nasty, it's a nasty movie. Um, another Scream Factory gem that they dug up. Um, of course, Return of Living Dead, Pumpkinhead. Um... Creepshow, Creepshow 2 we watched, which isn't necessarily a Halloween movie, but, you know, it's it's Creepshow. No, so I get that. It's good. That. And the first one, too, you know. Uh, you gotta have all that stuff. You watched the first one? No, you yet. just watched parts? Watched Creepshow 2 so far. Um, what else we got that we've already watched? Dark Knight of the Scarecrow we watched last night. Ginger Snap was pretty good. Yeah, Ginger Snaps. I never saw that before. It's it's, it's good. You know, it's a I werewolf werewolf movie. It's more of a modern horror I tried movie. To do that. Yeah, I, I another one. I watched it. and I was like, the doctor won't like this film. No, I was. <laughs> I, I'd be honest. With you, I was pissed off when they put like a collector's edition of that. And I was like, really? Yeah. It's it's another one of those films that has like a huge following, and I never knew. What it's the film a, was but it's for. a it's a millennial thing. It it's is. Not a, but I uh, you know, it. I thought it was good. No, you're it's cool. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna buy the T-shirt or anything. Nineties or early two thousands. Early two thousands. Yeah. A Dark Knight of the Scarecrow is like seventy four, seventy five. Awesome. You know, TV movie. Really good. Wish they. I. That's a movie I actually. My Blu-ray. That's worth a lot of money. That movie. I wish they would actually remake. That's a movie I want to see again. You know what I mean. Where they'd actually make... I will, thank you. They actually make the Scarecrow just like a slasher, you know, instead of, you know... He was more of like a supernatural force in the movie, not to spoil anything, but it's been out long enough. Yeah. Um, where he's making things happen, like it looks like accidents, like a dude falls in a fucking wood chipper, and uh dude gets corn harvested, and... It's a well, great movie. It's well, good. the guy at the end, you know, he's the... He runs into the pitchfork and trying to get away from the corn harvester, but you know I think that would we need a good scarecrow slasher movie because I think the mask I think uh what's his name in the movie Buddy mm-hmm. he looks fucking scary as that scarecrow and I wish he would just hack people up instead but maybe that's just me if they're gonna remake a slasher and do do right to a slasher film just remake that film I'll accept the remake if you do it right um. What else? Ones we haven't watched yet, but this is on our... Uh, they're in the... Um, on, on Deck Circle, we got Pet Cemetery, which is definitely good. That movie well, I mean, well, let's talk about that a second, because I, I was talking with somebody. Who oh. are we talking about that with? Pet oh, Cemetery? with uh, the dude from Toxic Holocaust. Yeah, with uh, Joel Grind. He was talking about talk, uh, Ask me if I like that film. Do you, Do you like, like that, that film? film? No. <laughs> I think it's horrible. And it, Stephen King's stuff, like the new It is a piece of garbage. Yeah, it, I'm not. It's an absolute 
piece of garbage compared to what they put out on TV. Oh yeah, that film was amazing, the original. Yeah. They didn't even need to remake. But it. I never liked Pets. I like the Ramones song in it. Yeah. Pets and I love the guy for, that played uh, Herman Munster in it. Right. And that's it. I just the movie always freaked me out because I'm scared of animals. So no, it freaked me out too. I haven't seen it since. It it's just last weird. That and I saw it on a date, and this girl like half kissed me when we saw it, and I was like, "Kiss the cemetery." Um, it was Dead Fish Cemetery. It was bad. <laughs> it really was. She was really gross. She Here's like a Long John. Here's another couple that we're gonna watch soon. Uh, House Two, which is a Halloween film. Um, See, I never think of those. That has they are. Lar Park Lincoln. Well, it takes place like up to Halloween or something. It's it's in October. No, it is. It totally it's is. It's an October film. It's more of a dark comedy. Uh, has more of a cult following now uh, than it did. Everyone used to hate that film, but apparently now it's pretty... More, more people like it as the years go I on. I have that house box set, but I've never opened it. I wouldn't either. Go for it. Uh, Waxwork is actually putting out the... Vinyl releases for the soundtracks, and they use similar art for it. It looks awesome. Nice. Um, well, Arrow's reissuing those in single discs, but which they, I'll probably you, get. Those. You know, I do extra content. That's fine. It's it's I'm not a huge fan of those movies, but I'd like to have them. That uh, torso zombie always pissed me off. I just don't like her. I'm like uh, Miguel Nunez, where he's like, "Shut the fuck up." It's pretty much it's me and my relationship with the cat. But um, me. yeah, no, not with yeah. you, with the cat. Um, the one that the doctor got me that I've never seen that I'm gonna end up watching is uh, Hack Lantern. You know, that looks like a cool one. It was your birthday present? It was, which is actually out of print now. Yep, and I I own it. And it's on my. It's down there. It's on my list. Um, one that I haven't shown Mrs. Gorecrest yet. I don't know if she'll like it. Is Night Shift? And it's with uh, Michael Keaton. It's a '80s comedy where they're like in a morgue with him and Fonzie. Yeah. Warner Archives putting that out on Blu-ray. Are you shitting me? That's no, I've already movie fucking it. rules. I do love it. I want to show her that movie. It's really she's good. never it seen good. it. I don't think she's seen it. Is it? It's um, yeah, it's funny. But that's not like they're a, running hookers out of a morgue. It's not a Halloween film, but, but that's a perfect. They're running hookers out of a morgue. It's all, and the Henry Winkler that is Fonzie. Fonzie yeah. He's nothing like himself. Actually, Michael Keaton's more like the unhinged crazy. That's person. great. I love them. It's a great movie. But I'm trying to throw mm-hmm. in like. Horror with like feel good, you pull that type stuff. So, so Night Shift is a great one to keep the vibe. Like, okay, we've watched like three dark slashers in a row. Let's watch a nice, fun movie. It's a good movie. Another one to lighten the mood. You watch Monster Squad. It's perfect. Um, You can watch that all times of the year. I never Halloween. I love watching it. Really? See, it doesn't. But I watched it like three months ago just to watch it because it was fun. It was no, I the love anniversary. the movie. It, it hit the anniversary as well. I love that movie, and I just never... A couple months ago. What, I'm um, trying to think. There was something else somebody had asked me about if I watched it or not. Uh, I was like, absolutely not. Donnie Darko is a Halloween movie. Not really a horror movie, though. It's more of like a supernatural. It's like a thriller, more or less. But it's a great film. It's a Halloween movie. Um, you know, it takes place on all that stuff. They watch Evil Dead in the film. I always thought that was cool. You know, I like seeing... Those the movies. People that, there you go. Those are not Halloween films to me. The Evil Dead stuff, not at all. No, there's, there's. I don't know why people mark. They're it summer. Like that. It's like, just doesn't feel. Those like feel like more like summer me. films. But I watch Evil Dead a lot anyway. I just watched Army of Darkness like a couple times recently. Um, so yeah, Donnie Darko is good. I like seeing in the movies people at Halloween parties, people running around the costume trick or treat. You know, I like seeing the actual atmosphere in the films because that gets me ready for it. Even though. 
I'm not sitting there trick or treating anymore. I'm, you know, I'm obviously. So I like to see it in the movies and all that shit. So Donnie Darko's good. Uh, 31. I'm gonna give another chance. I threw that on there, so I'm gonna watch that. First time I saw it, I didn't like it, so I'm gonna watch it again. And I like some of it. I like the the clown brothers that were chainsawing people. I thought that was awesome. <coughs> um, but I'm gonna give it another shot. Here's a good one. The Hobo and uh, Lenny Quigley zombified here. Looks like nah. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, that's the best way to die if you're a hobo. <clears throat> Even though she's a nasty zombie, it's still. You know that zombie was Dan O'Bannon, don't you? Really? The the bomb. Oh, it was. That's yeah, hysterical. That's so Dan O'Bannon, that's how he really left this earth was a naked. I was telling somebody. Was, oh, oh, and, oh! I forgot one on my list. I'm not trying to interrupt you. This is a big one okay. for me. Okay. So first three Halloween films, first two ha- Fantastic. Well, I'll throw part three and there's an honorable mention because I used to didn't have it, so now I can watch it because I wanted it on Blu-ray and I have it now. Right. Um, two through eight, Friday Thirteenth. Two through four. Not one. One is excluded from this list, but two through four on Nightmare on Elm Street, I kind of rock and roll with around Halloween. Yeah, man. That's Just on the those. list. Yeah. But, but here's here's a big one that I forgot. I love watching The Fog around Halloween. I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. That's totally well, I didn't fucking even hear you. Totally on lo- That's great. That's one that I like to watch. That's a good vibe. It's a ghost. It is. It's a ghost tale. Yes. So that's and The Exorcist to me is crucial on Halloween. I don't know why. That's scary. It's it has not that fucking damn thing to do with that. It doesn't matter. It's more around scary, Christmas, I think, yeah, when that film's is. supposed to be. But it's, it's in December yeah, or something. It's yeah. sick. But, you know, that's a good one to throw in for sure. I'm tired of people telling me that movie's overrated. It is not overrated. It's a very good film. You don't know a goddamn thing about horror movies if you don't like that film. That film is still scary. I still cannot watch that thing by myself. And I still, to this day, will never forget when I smoked a joint by myself and tried to watch that film. Bad idea, man. Real bad idea. I thought I was going to die. I'm going to throw out some other ones, even though this one Of course, one it was not, also um, laced in embalming fluid. But. One I might not watch, I'm not sure yet, but um, if you want to get some more of the werewolf stuff in, do American Werewolf in London. Great Halloween picture. It is. It's yeah, good. it is. Because it's, it's dark, look. it's at night all the time, it's, it's cold. You know, it's, it seems more like fall, it's in London, mm-hmm. you know. Um, throwing the Howling or, or Bad Moon, I mean, any of those are, are wolfing. I mean, those are... Good movies. All get, stuff. The creature features are always good for Halloween because you want to, you know, you know, vampire stuff and werewolf but stuff. Where like I, where I'll go with the Vincent Price stuff and really yeah. wear that out around Halloween. I can't do the Universal Monster stuff around either. Halloween. No. That's the only, I watch the only Universal Monster movie that I like is Creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. And you can't anything outside of that. It's not that I don't think the other characters are cool. Although Dracula, I think Dracula is kind of dumb. I've well, never, I'm not a vampire. I'm guy. sure I'll Lost do. Boys. I'll do that oh, on yeah. Halloween. Lost Boys is amazing. I don't know why, and it's not. It's more like a summer picture, but for me, I don't care. That movie's it that is. Movie it's rules. great. It um, is. It's fucking great. That and Fright Night for sure around Halloween are great. Um, Fright Night's another one where I mean, I know I'm not into as much as you are, but I like when I watch that. It's it's good whenever. Yeah, it is. You can do it on Halloween. Sure. I'll get a lot of shit for this, but I'm also younger. I 
I respect it. I've just never been into the Bella Lugosi Boris Karloff shit. No, I don't I like it. I never liked it. I don't like it either. I'm a Hammer fan. I don't like I'm, it. I don't like it. I like Price Cushing. I, Dude, and, fuck And yeah. Lee, I've never... And Price. That Hammer and stuff. I, you made me, made me think of that. I always run the Hammer rotation stuff I have. I have this... And I don't have it on Blu-ray, but I still watch it. It's the four film favorites, and it's like a bunch of the horror Draculas. Those are great. Oh, they're awesome. All of those are great. And I watch those every year. I try to. Like a horror of Dracula. Those are great, and, man. Um, Taste of Blood of Dracula. Those are yep. great. Dracula AD. That was that's awesome. the, that's my favorite. Is Dracula AD. Love it. Um, but as far as the Karloff and the, I don't I don't know, man. I just my don't. favorite. Let me tell you something. And Bella, and I'll, I'll let you borrow this if you know. I know a lot of people like Bella Lugosi and all that. I just can't. Here's do that. here's my favorite Karloff film, The Terror. Yeah. Jack Nicholson's first. That was his first movie. Yeah. Didn't they just they put that on Blu-ray in there? It's a it's a, it's a public, public domain, domain so there's several yeah. versions. Of it. But I'll let you all barter. You can pull it. You all watch. It. It's actually really good. Yeah. It's weird to see Jack Nicholson being like, "Hey, is that ghost over there or something?" Because it's yeah. like the whole thing <laughs> is this girl that he's infatuated with. It's actually dead. Yeah, she look, haunts that castle. I love the idea, but that's a that's a cool that's a Roger yeah. Corman thing though. Yeah, see, Corman's I'm, I'm with shit. you, man. The the the. The only black and white that I that I it's not even because it's out of color. No, no, no. Just my bl- my black and white though. If I'm if I'm going black and white, it's all price. It's price. Yeah, that's it. Got to do it because he was fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. The way he would do his stuff, like House of Wax, is a really old film. Yeah. That's a great movie. He was also suave, and I just I just like the his remake though. Better. This is funny. Probably give you both a heart attack. The remake of House of Wax. I think the villain, the villain in that, even though he looks like he's somebody from Slipknot or Marilyn Manson, at least it's like a slasher. Yeah, he's got like a little, ma- you know, his own mask and stuff. I, mean, I didn't grow up with it, but if you've got a whoopee to that, there's somebody out there that's younger that listened. Here's to us, what I, I liked it. about the newer House of Wax. I think the idea you can always keep the idea of like a town that's secretly like dead people that are like wax statues you can keep that it was better than I thought it was going to be because you know what it made me want to do the house of wax thing I wanted to go to that little town and like go see all the little wax things I actually thought it was kind of cool because I love going to the wax museum and you know that that's really cool to me and I think it's creepy at the same time but the the actual I think it's cool they had a whole little fake town with like I just I don't know I I Seeing House of Wax, I don't care anything about the film. I'm just like, I want to go to this town and like be in this town. It's just cool. My other thing with because it's like rigged and it's I don't know. It's weird. I think it's I don't know why. And I've never told and Paris Hilton gets some pain. I don't think I've ever face. told anybody this. That's cool. I, w- I wanted to have sex with her. I don't know why. Paris Hilton. I know. Talk about I'm fish taco. I know. But <laughs> I'm just being honest, and it was more like I thought if she if she liked my. My little wainer, then she'd give me a bunch of money too. No, you would just, she, I don't know, she would just snort coke off her dick. I don't know what she does. And now I will tell, I will tell the most horrible. wants a sniff of dick. No, listen, no, listen. This is a cheese dick. Remember, yeah, cheese dick. It's not clean. No, listen to this. This is the most embarrassing thing I could ever air out on this podcast. Here we go. I own the Paris Hilton CD. There's just what? That's a thing? Yeah. Yeah, she has a CD. Yeah. Why do you have that? Because I always want to have sex with her. So you bought the CD for like eighty-four cents. You like listen to it and you're like, I just want to fuck you. I don't listen to it. I just have it. <laughs> I want to fuck you. Ew. I know it's. <laughs> I can't say anything. When I was really little, I bought the first Britney Spears album and I put her. Uh, I wanted to have sex with her. I did too, but the poster was like. 
you know, like the album cover folds out into a poster of her sitting in a fucking chair. Like, it's like a little yearbook photo is what it looks like, and I put it up on my wall. I actually liked her. I don't know why. It's lame. No, I think it's cool. She was hot, but I wasn't like. I was really young, so I wasn't like, fuck her yet. I was just like. I was still rubbing my boner on soft spaces and stuff. <laughs> I was I didn't know what the fuck to do with my penis. <coughs> so it was more or less like, I just think she's really cool. You know, you, I mean, you go, you transition from being a human being. Like, I just think she's cool. That's and then once you bad as me on Paris Hilton CD. Well, once you figure out how to use your dick, you're like, fuck her. But I also have Tracy Lord when you're CDs. when you're little and you see girls, you actually have a genuine like feeling of wanting to get to know them but then when you're older and you figure out how to use your dick your dick takes over and it's like fuck her pretty much and you don't even care about anything else so it's kind of weird how when you're little you understand women better so when you were little you're like Brittany and I are like a thing yeah kind of like that <laughs> that's and then awesome. when, when I was in middle school have told you this no. you're <laughs> loving it and me and my friend Tyler they're like who's your wife gonna be and I was like Mine's, and I switched because he he wanted Britney Spears. And I was like, "Well, fine, mine's Christina Aguilera." And then we had our own, we had our own little wives like it was like mine's Britney Spears. And I was like, "Well, mine's Christina Aguilera." And we'd play, you know, we'd go out. I didn't know. We'd go outside and dress up. We'd play army men, or whatever. Go out with guns in the in the woods and. Really thought you were about to say you would dress up as Britney Spears. No, I'm not that crazy. That's more of the doctor's thing. I probably <laughs> He was like, "I want to be on." <laughs> Looking yeah. at yourself in the mirror. I want to hear your voice. <laughs> <laughs> You're like your toxic love. Yeah, but um, it is so crazy. I would do hit me, baby. But <laughs> we go outside and play army men in the woods with fake guns and stuff, and just be like, I gotta get home to my wife, Britney Spears, and you know, whatever. It was fun. Well, I mean, I've never said this on the podcast, but when <laughs> when I go to meet when I go to meet a new female, I am usually in the straight jacket and handcuffed. By the way, Alexis is about to fall over in her chair. It's funny, you're on the Phantasm Podcast, it's very therapeutic. Me being on the Phantasm Podcast mm-hmm. is therapeutic? No, he's, he was, I think, because of his Britney Spears. And uh, a confirmed guest, I can say, over here we have uh, Oscar from Ram coming on, so that's going to be cool. We do. That was just confirmed. I'm trying to think when I was little who the girl was that I, because we, we did that stuff too. Who are you going to marry and all that stuff? Right. I was just like, I don't know. I was a girl and nobody I knew even did that. We I, we totally did that. <laughs> I was ready to settle down in fifth grade. Yeah. Trying to remember, okay, for me, was probably... Well, mine's kind of lame, actually, because all my friends were like, you know, liked pinup girls and everything else, but... My other one was really lame. It was Morgan Lander from uh, Kitty, from that band. Which I hate that band now, but, you know, I was like, oh, I'm Morgan and I do it be my wallet. Like, I would make... I would have, like, the WWF, like, wrestling games. I'd make my wrestler, and then I'd have a persona for him, and he was, like, married to Morgan of Kitty. <laughs> I went that far with it. Like, I'm... Uh, I think I'm... Well, mine actually, was not that specific, I think I'm, but I think I'm was, actually insane. Um, mine was Heather Thomas. Hmm. If anybody knows who that is. She was on uh, The Fall Guy with Lee Majors. She was blonde with huge tits and a top butt. That's all I needed. Yeah, that's all I needed. And then I had a thing for the girl, uh, God, what's her name? Fuck, well, 
She was on Buck Rogers and on Silver Spoons with Ricky Schroeder. I'm trying to think of her name. These were all like old women old enough to be my mom too that I was wanting to ride on with. What's her <laughs> name? I can't remember. Kitty. I can't remember. But all my friends were like Princess Lee in the sleeve outfit. I'm like, oh. see, I never really. I don't know. Don't lie. Well, they thought they were being. It was great, but I wasn't like. I was never like. I never found her attractive. I was never infatuated. Where I was like, I want to fuck her. I was just like, yeah, it's Princess Leia in a bikini. But I was never like, I want to fuck her. When we first started dating, you had a picture of her like in just her like. Yeah, I won it from I won it from Spike TV because of my impeccable Star Wars knowledge. That's how I won. I won that from a contest. It was was the. I never whacked it to that. Sure you did. No, I didn't. I swear. See, I can't whack it to somebody in a bikini. No, yeah. that's not. I need I need tits. Need a video. Because I always wonder, like maybe her nipples are weird. I need a girl and lots of. I need tits and I need movement. I need something. I can't do bikinis. Like no. And Princess Leia, I was like, that's, that's Luke's sister, man. I don't want. I can that. watch. Girl He's already girl tagged. Stuff yeah. If one of the girls is really mean to the other girl. <clears throat> that's fair. <laughs> is that weird? That's yeah, it's like no, people are probably. Some of the stuff you like. That's not. Yeah, weird. people are probably <laughs> astounded, but it's like <laughs> I've never. Not <laughs> Don't be embarrassed. I think it's more like, yeah, it's great. She looks good, but at the same time, I was never like, I need to fuck Princess Leia. It's just like, yeah, she looks great and everything, but you know, it's as far as I go with it. Could have been better, you know. But that's all. Uh, Linnea Quigley, on the other hand, oh yeah. Who was that? The one that you said you felt bad because she was cold. Yeah, I know. I've heard all about it. I've heard that. That's a city. Sorry, I'm working. Uh, I mean, most of the... I guess I never really went through the whole teen heartthrob kind of thing like some of my friends did because I found like my uncle's porn when I was a kid. You know, they would be talking about all that. I was like, I like Tracy Lords. I like Oh yeah. I like Ginger Lynn. I like, you know. I like Erica Boyer. I liked all these women that were you really looking they were very beautiful, but they would talk shit in those movies when they were having sex with those dudes and I was like, Oh my god, what's that? You know, like it's like full body stimulation from just hearing them talk. It was just like Well those porn stars now they don't really it's not same thing. I love me porn, though. Still love me porn. Gotta have my porn. <laughs> it's more important than anything else. Right. You gotta have that release. That uh... dude. There's some great stuff. And Just nothing can ever. Nothing can ever top that. I've, I've actually heard people say, "Oh, it's it's not good for you." And say it probably isn't. It really isn't because it's just. You know, if you're a guy, it's just like, "Oh my god, how much of this can I watch?" Then I'll come. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Got some special in line for you guys next month when we get Ross and Matt from Exhumed. Uh, speaking of which, twice. Yeah, we'll we'll plug it on here. But you got the. Um, I'll have to go back and ask. The reason I'm the reason I'll I'm have to go back that. and ask her now though because I put can you just do that for the Tennessee one because I wasn't sure if they're like she probably get it mixed up. We do archaic at both and Exhumed at both. It's like I don't know if they can. I'll just ask her later. Just tell her I need the entry for the one and. <clears throat> 
Yeah, he's wanting to do one like he just did. And then he's you can get him it. anyway without her setting that up. For the I need first her to get one. me into it. You're into both. That's what I'm saying. That's fine. Yeah, I don't need her okay. to set that. That's okay. So I'm in, though. Yeah. You're I've got to take good to go. a photo pass on Yeah, good to go. Uh, I'm going twice because I want to see them headline. I do, too. This is cool. I've seen I've them never, I've never seen them headline. The last time, you know the last time they did a headline show, and we didn't get into this interview with him, but the last time they did a, a headline show was... I'm talking a tour. Yeah. Was Anatomy is Destiny. Wow. So No shit. Yes. At least around here, yeah. Well, East. they don't do headline tours in Europe. No. Not that I'm aware of. They're always with other bands. And, and maybe they do take a night where they do that. I'm just talking about in the United States on a tour, yeah. them with like tiny bands was that The tour. cool thing, though, is they're only they're just jumping on that uh, Black Die Murder Suffocation uh, tour. And then... They're doing a full fledged tour after with Archaic, which is because they, they were actually the only reason I wanted to go to that. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Suffocation this year on that new record. I've seen uh, Decrepit Birth. I've seen Black Dog Murder. So actually, yeah. I watched them. Yeah, um, killer tour package though. If you guys, uh, if it's coming to your neck of the woods, definitely don't miss that. Um, another good one that the doctor's going to be doing coverage on. Um, which I've, I'm debating if I can or not do it with you, but we might. Um, the the uh, bloodletting tour. Which oh, you're kidding me! God, it's nasty. If you talk about a straight up death metal package, like underground death metal package, it's uh, visceral, disgorge, and origin, and um, help me out. Defeat of sanity, a boys, Lily and um, Kennedy Vale. Yeah, Kennedy Vale, which we're gonna get those guys on for you guys too. Um, so the, I, I met them at the um, after I did the cryptopsy interview, and the, wow, what great guys! Yeah. And, yeah, they're young and they're they're they know what they're doing. They're they're very talented, um, so that'd be cool to yeah. to get them on. Uh, try to add to the, the quick you know, visceral thing. discords. That's huge. I love that band. So um, there you go. At five and one a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, you get the get the town nuke. That's really that's something cool that they did for this movie. They straight up nuked their shit. It's pretty awesome. And then there's the turns <laughs> into the second movie here. We have got the beautiful. Trioxin theme again. Well, there have been complaints about burning skin, but I shouldn't worry. Uh, minor irritation, General. Uh, the rain will wash everything away. That's correct, sir. All should be back to normal by morning. Yes, sir. I understand the president will visit Louisville tomorrow. See, that guy still didn't come up yet. That happen, sir. No, sir. This hasn't been very pleasant for anyone. They showed his feet, that dead guy in the beginning, whenever the acid rain first happened. He's still down there. There you go. And while this is playing, we were doing shots for the van. Taking that to my grave. And then coming back out. Yeah, um, <laughs> God. Going back to the Venom, the Venom Inc. show. God, if, if, if you guys haven't seen that live, you need to get your fucking hey, you, shit together. If you like where everything came from, you should see it. And yeah. God of War, I mean, it was... God of War is always phenomenal. They got a lot the of Fox dates Holocaust coming dude was cool. They're going to be jumping on shows at 1349, so definitely go see God of War. Um, you know, we got them on the show as well. Uh, the next episode we got for you guys. So. And we also got uh, Joel Grind. We got the whole tour package here. 
stick around for Phantasm, and we got plenty of uh, goodies for you guys coming up here in the coming weeks. Um, we also got, um, man, I mean, Mantis in the Bad, and that's huge for us. Venom is the shit. They're not a bad question, but not a bad question. <laughs> Look for question, this interview. It, we don't really even talk about it. When you guys hear this interview, the interview is as in-depth as I could get. The interview speaks for itself, and really we just talk about the formation of Venom. And, and to my knowledge, we're the gone. only people that have interviewed them like this, too. Very unique interview. Yeah, we specifically asked, uh, and it was really cool, because I can't remember his name, but the tour manager, wow, what a what a great guy. Yeah, he's super nice. Um, made sure we were taken care of, very accommodating. Um, originally, it was just going to be Mantis, and then, you know, um, we told him... We really wanted, uh, we really wanted to get the original two members, and you know, because we're phantasm, we're perfectionists, we want the right stuff, and not to discredit Demolition Man or anything, you know, but we not just an original member of the band. We just want yeah, the original what we want. We're trying to put a specific brand out to you guys as fans, so we always feel like you got to go to the to the, the founding members and stuff. That's just how we work. It's not no no uh, no negative. Um, feelings here um but with that being said originally when we came on the bus we just had mantis and we had we had tony so <coughs> we were just gonna go with it and uh you know we, we started doing the thing and uh then on walks a bad and on the bus he actually busted his ass to get there to do the interview with us and i thought that was really he really stood the awesome. whole interview too because he was getting yeah really, like, do you want we literally sit? did this interview the entire interview is right before they went on yeah, they were getting ready. Uh, okay, it's the cramps, my bad. No, surfing dead. Um, what you see there, the the Roki Erickson song, the Burn the Flames. <laughs> that was the song that was removed on the deep, on the previous Blu-rays. They put it back on this. I think it's back on this one. Yeah, I don't know. It was a copyright issue, obviously, but they replaced it with another song. It was like a. It's fucking stupid. It is stupid, and a lot of people complain. Like you know, it's a it's a little thing, but it's a crucial part of the, you know, it's a cool scene of the movie, and the music is the huge basis for why this film is so popular. It's just, it all the music works. <clears throat> but with, you know, once they took that out, I don't know, people went ape shit, and they're like, why is this changed, and all that, you know, people want what they want, how they want it, and back to what we were well, saying. remember it. Yeah, back to what we were saying about, you know, Venom Inc., um, once the Badden came on, you know, they were, you know, Tony ended up leaving, and getting fucking nude and changing his underwear. I was like, well, he's not coming back. He's uh, getting down to his skin. Well, I think yeah. he knew what we were doing. We yeah. wanted we wanted the but history. He, and we got you when you listen to this interview. It's the history of the fucking band. Yeah, but uh, which Tony's on it a pretty good bit. Brutal, too. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, Tony's in it a good bit, and we want to thank Tony for his time and uh, having us on the, the bus with him and, and doing our thing. And we appreciate his hospitality. He's very professional and... Uh, killer performer I mean you can't discredit him as being in that band now and being on stage I mean he's a hell of a performer his vocals sound great um, he's a hell of a bass player too so yeah he really knows how to keep the crowd going he's got a very good presence so uh, Demolition Man definitely is a great a great fit for the band for sure and he's been there a long time you know since 89 so um, definitely you know great part of that band and a crucial part of the band so 
no discredit to him at all, but just for us, we wanted to get the original members because we're fans of the old school stuff. And um, that's why I wanted it. I, Mantis and a bad, and we're both very great. Mantis, the two original members. Mantis is very uh, <laughs> Mantis is very passionate about the band itself, and you'll definitely hear that right off the bat on the interview. Um, goes to the nitty gritty where they started, where the name came from, where all the satanic shit came from, all uh, of it. how they write everything, everything and uh, the whole Kronos falling out and all that stuff. And Abaddon's got a lot of good insight about the scene and uh, the the time. The you know, uh, a lot of insight the about the the new media, heavy metal thing, yeah, about the they... new wave and how they're not. You know, they're just venom and the um, they're black metal controversies okay. and and all they started the, that. That's their yeah, thing. they're. I, I mean, hate to tell you that Norway, you didn't yeah. start that. I mean, they they go into all of it, and it's really cool. And we don't even really we don't even cover the new album, nothing. We talked. Well, about. You know, what I thought was interesting, just for you and I to talk about, we didn't talk about this with them, but I mean, really, they're way more important actually than King Diamond ever was. Yeah, they are, and they were doing it way before. And they weren't trying to do something; they just they were just they're just doing, doing their it. thing. Yeah, but they invented their own goddamn thing because really. As important as Merciful Fate is to black metal, I think sure. Venom is it, though. That's the because when you listen to them, they're not they don't Venom being the floor, Merciful Fate being the ceiling. It's kind yeah, of yeah, like, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. But not everybody can listen to Merciful Fate. You know what I mean? Like the King Diamond stuff, the vocals. I love it, all of it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Venom is a lot different and. There's a lot more to get out of both, you know. Out of after, after doing that interview, honestly, and as long as I've listened to that band, I and I go into this in that interview, and it wasn't, you know, I wasn't pumping dicks either. I was being serious, like I or egos. It's like that. That band is so fucking important to everything that I listen to. Yeah, they're very passionate, and they're not giving any credit. Either. Yeah, they're very passionate about it, and. They'll never Honestly, be and we didn't all fame. They never got him credit for it. And I hate that we didn't get to it. Um, but we we just want to really cover just to get Venom on and talk about the old shit and how important it is to what we do now. They'll have another record. We can yeah. talk about all that stuff but another time. Ave is a great record. I love you know they the songs live sound great. It's a, it's a really awesome record and it's very it's very heavy metal. It's very rock oriented and really enjoyed it. And I I can tell they put a lot of work into it and they enjoy it. Um, for fans that are wanting an Ave interview about the new record, we didn't do that. There's a million all. of them out there. Yeah, but we didn't do that. We at do all. unique stuff. You get, you know what you get. You get the goddamn history of Venom. There you go. <clears throat> yeah, this, don't like it. Don't listen to this it. interview was about shit. Venom, not Venom Inc. More or less. Yeah, it is Venom Inc. But they they're Venom. Going to the creator, you know. If you like, I said, there's a thousand uh, demolition dude interviews and all that stuff, and that's that's great. That's right. not what I wanted. Right. We're very specific specific about what we want. That's why we don't do promotions for has been film festivals and bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. We're we're way above that now. We're we're a higher tier of that. We are. We interviewed the fucking guys that literally, and you can hear it in the interview. James Hetfield runs around in air guitars too when he goes and sees them. So <laughs> there you go. And we had them on. We'll, we'll never have anybody probably like that on the podcast, but we we had them, and it was a huge honor. It's almost like getting Lemmy on the podcast, you know. Yes, it's that caliber. It is these guys are living legends. It is that caliber. Unappreciated. I hate saying living legends because I don't want them to feel old, but they are. They are. They're they're icons and music. I mean, for what we do, those guys are are the pioneers of it. You know. So if 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 you know, uh, oh god, uh, 
Why can't I think of his name? If Chuck Berry pioneered rock and roll, Venom pioneered fucking black metal and death metal. They did. Yeah. And and a lot of the and a lot of the uh, thrash scene that I could don't give a shit about. They sure. pioneered it too. So there you go. Yeah, it's all so wrapped up in one. So when you turn us down, you've also turned down. Uh, we, we got. I'm not even worried about this. These guys give us. It's it's like when you got us the Reggie Bannister interview. It's so much credibility off this, and it it was really cool. No, it's fun. It makes me feel like a million bucks, and they were so passionate about their. And we talked about talking that. About That's it. what we wanted to talk. Yeah. I wanted to talk to them about them because yeah. these guys started the band, and as you'll hear in the interview, they are the band. Right. Whether they can have the name or not, they should because they are Venom. Kronos is nothing but a figurehead douche. Mm. Figurehead but, douche. But honestly, if you want to support those guys now, buy the new Venom Inc. record, yeah. Ave. Go see them. <clears throat> Nuclear Blast Records out now. Okay. Go see them on tour. Go buy some of their shit. Um, just you know, that the album rules. Go go pick it up because that's that's how you're going to support these guys. So, um, buy shirt. <clears throat> oh yeah, but Return of Living Dead, perfect film for them. I think the attitude fits and <coughs> just how crazy this film is. It makes sense. Uh, a bad and thanks again for the Jack Daniels and being so hospitable and hanging out with us backstage is really fun. Um, it's definitely a. a thrill ride for us to, to do that and hang out with you guys so thank you hopefully we'll we'll see you guys again and uh, we will now give you guys the interview with uh, Abad Namantis of Venom Inc and um, hope you all enjoyed hit us up on our Facebook slash Phantasm Podcast or SoundCloud.com slash Phantasm Podcast wherever you're hearing this let us know what's up and from the doctor and I as always stay fucking gorgeous Here on the Phantasm Podcast, we have the honor of speaking with Jubious Honor. <laughs> Jubious Honor of speaking with the badasses in Venom Inc. We've got all the cats in here. We have a bad mantis. And of course, Demolition. Alright. Well, it's good to have you guys. Uh, thanks for doing this. Thank you very awesome. much for having us. Oh, it's nice course. to be had. Thank you very much. We, we don't get awesome. had very often, but it's nice to be had. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, we thought we had been had, and we probably have been had. But this is a nice way to be had <laughs> in Atlanta. Um, guess we'll ask first. Uh, how's the tour been? We're at the ass end of the tour now, so okay, insane. It's been absolutely insane. We've had a good few sold-out shows. The shows that haven't been sold out have been we bought the near capacity to sell them out yeah. ourselves. Yeah, we sold them out ourselves. Awesome. But they've been nearly nearly capacity anywhere, but every show has been fucking raging. Awesome. It's been absolutely incredible. To pick a favourite shoe, don't ask us. It's, it's <laughs> ask him. Ask him. Yeah. <laughs> I've got. I've got. I've, 
Atlanta was great, but we haven't done it yet. No, no, no. For me, I've got, I've got a sort of thing about LA. Yeah, but we've given cream for that. So now that it's going down, oh, the LA's have gone now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't walk for two days. Did you know every show? The LA show. So you guys probably saw a lot of old friends and. Yeah, that was. Some of them was, was that was that the biggest one you think? Is that where you saw probably the most people that you were from the past? Maybe. Oh, uh, no, I wouldn't say. Everywhere, so. right? Just yeah, everywhere. Places, everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. I think the thing with social media is, you know, you meet, you, you make friends kind of that way, and then you get to meet them, you get to bother about like the families and this kind of thing. Right. Then you meet them second time round, and then you talk about holidays and what the kids are doing and. Right. People become real friends, you know, and they're like. It's sort of people talk about like having Facebook friends and all this kind of shit, but where in the position where you can get to actually go there and meet them, no, yeah. and again and again, right. you know, so they, they become proper friends and you know, the people bring us food. Yeah, tonight oh. someone knocked on the door and just home cooked some food for us. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. She said, I know you've been eating shit, cheese, <laughs> processed crap, so yeah, some proper food, you know. Right. And awesome. Houston, awesome. one of the young girls came and had a whole tray of enchiladas she baked for us. Oh, and, oh that's you know, awesome. You know, people okay. bring in, you people know, invite you to their homes for showers because they know the shower room. On the posters work all the time, right? Do laundry and all this kind of shit. You know, it's, fucking, it's very fucking cool. You know? They bring bottles of Jack. We do VIPs and they bring us gifts. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And they bring us gifts. That's awesome. <laughs> I That's think for really the cool. first week, Tony got a bottle of Jack Daniels every day. Brought to us like, "Are you one of these?" You know. So I mean that's that real sense of community and right. you know of course famous people turn up all over the place to come and say hi and well that's what I meant like kind of old friends from the music yeah. industry you get yeah. to see a lot of those people maybe you don't yeah, get to see all the yeah, time I mean, okay, no, even on the last two I mean James Hatfield came out because he was that's awesome you know um, I, I spotted in the left. <laughs> well you know I'll get we told them to they don't off. forget yeah. their names <laughs> they know where they you know, yeah, they always listen to you guys yeah no I mean, I, I spotted him up on the balcony. He head banged and fucking played air guitar and fucking sat all the way through the fucking show. Cool. That's awesome. I was just looking up going, that's fucking James Hetfield, you know? Yeah. And yeah. we're in the dressing room and I was just packing my stuff away and all I heard was, hey, Jeff. <laughs> I turned around and it was fucking James. It was great. It was <laughs> that's awesome. awesome. Great. But you know, we had Jelly yeah. Biafra came out and Max, Max came out us from, from uh, Sepultura. But you know the boys from Mascara are coming up, Entry come down to see us when they're in Florida and you know, awesome. so everywhere we go round there coming out to see us and say hi and which is great, you know, can I mean once you're in LA, you know, there was it was just buzzing with all sorts, you know, uh, going on. So, you know, it's, it's great, it's great. But it, it's part of that that community, you know. Right. The, the rock community across the planet, which seems huge, actually isn't, you know, from the fans and that we're quite old connected and right. knit, so Speaking to somebody from one of the fans from San Francisco, and they said, uh, they said, "Oh, it's fucking great having James come out to see us." You know, and he said, "That's no big deal. We see him in fucking Walmart or something all the time. <laughs> I haven't seen you for thirty fucking years." Uh, right. uh, oh, okay, that kind of puts it in some sort of strange perspective. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. <laughs> if you guys don't care, I wanted to <clears throat> let's go all the way back. Let's talk about the beginning of Venom. If that's cool. Oh, Very cool. Yeah. I would love to hear about that. I know our listeners would love to hear about that. Yeah. What do you want to hear about it? How how did Venom come about? How did you guys meet? Way, 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 way back. Um, it was 1976. 
people have had them since this date and this date and blah 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 blah, blah, blah. we've had this image and blah 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 blah, blah, blah. and we went change your fucking names or we're coming to Manchester we'll to kick your fucking heads in so they changed their name to Silverwing <laughs> <laughs> So wasn't there another punk band or something or an oi band or something? I'm pretty sure there was three in one place. Was something like that. Yeah, yeah. there was something like yeah, a yeah. skinhead band or something. Yeah. They kind of vanished off the, yeah. off the face. Wow. But the guy who the guy who Jeff's talking about, uh, Jeff Barton, was in a magazine called Sounds. He was a magazine called Sounds, and that turned into Kerrang! And Kerrang! became that kind of Bible. So it was all at the same time. Right. So wow. where he was kind of champion, championing us and. Um, Saxon and Iron Maiden and all these bands are kind of yeah. getting at the forefront. We were kind of dragged through that because Jeff had been really behind us, you know. The Kerrang! was a free supplement that was put into Sounds on one week. Yeah. And we were in the first issue, as in the new section, wow. like the up and coming bands type awesome. thing. And it was, um, you know, we sent a demo cassette to Jeff Barton. And fucking, it was in his playlists for <laughs> fucking weeks, you know. It got um, reviewed, didn't it? It got reviewed, you know. I was sitting, I was working at the factory, I was only fucking whatever years old, but I was working at the factory as an apprentice. So I'm sitting there fucking, you know, first thing in the morning, it's pissing down, it's fucking northern England, everything right. stinks and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you open this magazine, there's this fucking review, and I was like, fucking hell, look at that! That's I awesome. was like, fucking hell, somebody gives a shit. <laughs> fucking amazing, you know. But I mean, the way. The way Kronos came into the band was um, my girlfriend, her best friend. My parents used to go out, I think it was a Tuesday night or something, they used to go out down the local pub or something like that. So all the metal kids would go around and sneak into her house and we'd just sit there and blast metal music. And this one particular night, I walked in and she had a new boyfriend, so she introduced me to this guy. She says, oh, this is Conrad, my new boyfriend. And at that point, um, Dave Rutherford, the guitarist that I first started with, he was on the verge of leaving. You know, he wasn't he wasn't sort of happy with what we were doing. And um, so I said to this guy, I says, uh, "Oh, you know, we're in a band." We just started talking, and he says, "Oh, I'll, I'll play guitar." And I was like, "Oh, right, okay." So you know, we were looking for a new rhythm guitarist at that point because we were five piece. And uh, then he said. I'm doing a youth opportunity scheme at um, Impulse Studios. Now, me and Dave had already been in Impulse Studios and right. conquering about demos, but we walked away with our tail between our legs because we just couldn't afford it. You sure. know? So that was another thing that made my ears stand up because I thought, well, we might get some free studio time here. Uh, you know? yeah. So he came along to a rehearsal. Uh, first on thing Abaddon said from the drum riser was fucking hell, who's she? Had this fucking hair would look like a chick. We were scruffy as fuck, we had long hair, we were scruffy and right. had this fucking nice fucking short leather jacket on, fucking jeans rolled up and a pair of fucking high heel boots on. I was like, who the fuck is she? But now he, you know, he came in as a rhythm guitarist. Then the bass player quit, so he took over bass because we were just basically too lazy to look right. for somebody else. So just by default, he took over bass. And then I remember we'd been rehearsing and we'd been in. We went in to do the first demos. We've got some downtime in the studio. And I had written Live Like an Angel, Die Like a Devil and asked Kronos to sing that song. I said, can you sing? And he was like, well, I'll give it a shot. So he was going to sing that song and the plan was that live, Clive would go off stage to do like, the costume change and he was going to come back on with the track Schizo. So he'd come on in a white coat with a bag with all 
right. at that point. Um, and Clive got a little bit disillusioned as well. So again, by default, we'd already done that one demo song with him. So he took over vocals, and that was it. That was the way it happened. The band, but had, been, the band had been called Venom before he came to any rehearsals. It, was, called, it Venom. was called Venom before he did anything, with, did anything with us. And I've got, I've got an old cassette tape, which is a rehearsal tape from that very same church hall, where I took my father's <coughs> cassette recorder, pressed play and record in the centre of the hall, and we just recorded the yeah. stuff. And on that tape, from probably the back end of 1979, we're playing Angel Dust, Red Light Fever, Buried Alive, and Raise the Dead. Now, Buried Alive and Raise the Dead didn't appear until Black Metal. Right. So the bulk of Welcome to Hell was written before he joined. And the logo, it's photographs. The logo. The logo on the front of the drum riser at a rehearsal before Chorus ever turned up. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that predated any of that <coughs> sort of thinking, you know. So I mean that that's that that's the basic history of it, you know. <coughs> you know, he's proclaiming, you know, he fucking created the universe, invented shoes and breathing <laughs> and everything else, you know, but it, the fact is, you know, the the absolute historical fact is he was the last person to join at my invitation. He did invent a dude looking like a chick <laughs> Yeah, he invented the skullet thing too. Totally invented that, yeah. That's, that's all his. <laughs> Well, that's the way it came about, you know, it's, just, it's as simple as that, you know, it was just a process of, you know, people leaving, him taking over this, taking over that, and that was it. Right. You know, but um, I can understand that people look at what is perceived to be the front man of a band, who's usually the vocalist, and maybe rightly or wrongly they think, you know, that, you know, they're responsible for everything, you know, the band sure. leader or whatever it is, like, you know, but... I was just beavering away in the background writing all the fucking songs. <laughs> it was as simple as that. You know, and Abaddon drew the original logo oh, and yeah. drawn on a piece of paper, came in with this thing and went, what about this? And it was like, you know, there was no discussion about it. It was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. You oh, know? the original logo? The original logo, yeah. And then he turned up one day and it was, it was yeah, anti or something that stitched them. She stitched the, um, the, the, the because, because the backdrops, the, the, um, the, the riser started getting bigger. Uh, so we had this backdrop and it never got used as a backdrop got used on the front of the drum riser and she'd stitched right. I'd drawn the, um, the pentagram for one the hell for the single first uh, in and she'd, she'd just had stitched this thing you know there was no sort of screen printing or anything no, no, and I just showed her this piece of artwork that I'd done and she said okay and then cut back out this huge thing we were like oh it's fucking cool but your back drum like I said just wound up the drum riser got bigger so it just wound up being on the front of the drum riser it's iconic I think I think and now I want our fans to know this. This was this was so important. This is why I wanted you to be part of this interview. And this, you're the man. We got to get to you too. We're going to no, get there. Fine. But I wanted to tell the two of you, as a fan, if people don't realize, I, I love them. I love them to me. But I love the two of you. You're so, the two of you created. Well, we love you. you you guys created more stuff with those records than you're given even a quarter of credit for. And I. So the black metal scene wouldn't exist. We're big death metal guys. The '80s, '90s death metal scene wouldn't exist. Sure. It's a I huge. Think, I, I, I think these yeah. things that you know people people do throw that around. Some are very you know proud of that. But I think those scenes would have happened um, had we not done it. But just just slower would have taken more time, and it wouldn't have been the explosion sure. that it was. Right. It was the fact that everything exploded, and, and like all these big American labels that had these 
super rock star band yeah, or Aerosmith sure. and the Stones and all this kind of thing. All of a sudden you've got these little skinny punks right. coming out of the fucking West Coast and the East Coast and Germany and fucking yeah. Scandinavia and I say, what the fuck? They had to sit up and take notice. Right. So out of that you're gonna get your Slayers and your Metallicas and right. your fucking Death and all these bands are gonna fucking come to the, to the forefront, you know? Right. The fact that we were maybe a little bit at the front of that and we were kind of heavier than Motorhead, heavier than Saxon yes, and Iron right. Man and this kind of thing. Sure. Um, was what kind of um, threw us to the forefront of that and, and that's what gives the longevity to something because it's, we were ridiculed quite a lot of the stuff. We were ridiculed as much as we were sort of put on the pedestal. Right. It was pretty even. Right. Not the whole... By the industry. Yeah, by the yeah, industry. Yeah. The whole world didn't just go, fucking hell, Venom's amazing. No, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people just went, that's what the fuck are they doing? Like, Shut up and yeah, shit. Yeah. Shut those fucking drums up, you know? <laughs> well, there was... A, I, did a, I did an interview... Um, I mean, I live in Portugal now, and when we were doing the interviews for for Arve, I got a I got an email from the the press person to say that well, I've got another interview for you. It's going to be a telephone interview. Um, are you available? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And it was with Alan Robson. Now, Alan Robson was the Newcastle DJ who totally slated us. He was totally against us. You know, he just fucking wow. He was he was into his AOR rock. I mean, he was you know he had this, this late night show called the Hot and Heavy Express. And fucking thousands of followers. You know, everybody used to tune in. You know, he used to go to the Mayfair, the local rock club, and then you know back home and listen to the Hot and Heavy Express. So I says, yeah, yeah, I'll do the interview. You know, and I hadn't seen Alan for oh, God knows how many years. Right. During the course of that interview. He said, he said, I'm going to say something, and he says, this is going to go on radio. He says, it's going to go on my radio show. And he says, what I want to say to you and to the audience listening, I was wrong. He wow. says, I didn't understand what Venom was about. He says, but what you guys have done is incredible. He says, and I was wrong. Wow. I'm fully, I take that on board now. Like, he says, I was absolutely wrong. Kind of blowing your mind here. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just, I was on the end of the phone going. <laughs> there was an, uh, a thing that again Eric Cook set up, which was because um, Alan had fucking just hated us and just left us off the, off the whole northeast scene. Every other band he would bring them in, he'd interview them, he'd play their records, and, you know, all these, all these, you know, Raven and Fist and Tigers of Pantheon. And what Eric said was Eric rang him up. He said, "Look, I know you hate Venom, all right. <laughs> However, we need." press, we need to be on the radio show, right. how about if we do an anti-interview, where you sit and you tell the band exactly what you think of them, how shit they think you are, the band are <laughs> going to tell you how shit your record, sh your, your radio show is, how you're a little, little ginger wanker, and all this kind of shit, <laughs> and what we'll do is, you can, you can bleep it out, and what we'll do is, we'll finish with fight like a like a, a you know we start what we did was we ride all the microphones about right and we just made a right noise and like kicked the table over and, but but it was set up it was, yeah it was all set up so we put it on the on the back end of a, of a cassette um single and people loved it people were like you guys are fucking nuts you just yeah. went and then kicked the shit out of the guy <laughs> it made the, it made the local newspapers everything. newspapers everything my mother everything. wouldn't go out of the house for about a month yeah because all the neighbors were going but don't forget this is a guy who's this guy who's very 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 popular right and he's late night popular so me and this me and eric Cooper, we're going away to, to america and we're doing something and we come back we fly back and we're fucking shattered so we get in we're going back to london we have to get a fucking train or a bus up to newcastle so we finally rag all the bags off 
two days of travelling or something. We get in this taxi. We've, got, we've already got to go five miles home, so we're in the middle. Sure. But it's like two in the morning, right. three in the morning. So the taxi drivers all listen to Al Robson because he's on the map time. So this taxi driver's a nice guy, and he's like, "So, what do you guys do?" So just in America, he says, "Oh, it's a fucking long haul, yeah, 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 yeah." Okay, so, what do you do? He says, "Oh, we're playing a band. I manage a band." He says, "This is a drummer." So oh, that's fucking interesting. He says, uh, "What band's that?" He says, "Venom." <laughs> out. <laughs> Fuck off. Get out. Oh, Throw us out of the fucking taxi. He says, "You cunts, fucking kick the shit out of Alan Robson, so you can fuck off. Get out of my car." Throw us out the fucking car. But see, that's that's amazing. That's why I mean, I was drawn to it. I was scared to death of black metal when I first looked at that record, or Welcome to Hell, or because my uncle had them. Yeah. And he he turned me on, and I was just like, "These are scary, but I love this." And I just, you know, that that's. That's the appeal of it. it. There was no bullshit. You guys were. I mean, it was, I. It was black or white, you know. It was loved or hated, and that's that's what that's. I think that's part of where we've got the longevity from is the fact that people now understand that it's part of history. Yeah. And I call it it because you know we're in the band, but it is an it. It's, right. a, it's a thing yeah. of its own. The band, whoever's been in it, whatever's happened with it. Um, and that's what gives it its sort of place in history. And that's why if we come out here and we play these sort of places, a lot of people are very knowledgeable to come out and know about right. the background of these things. You know, it's not like other forms of music. I don't be too disparaging other forms of music, but right. other forms of music comes and goes in your life. Yeah. This doesn't. This stays with you, and, and you pass it on, and people, you know, like you say, like your uncle and this kind of thing. Yeah. And we see, you know, we've got kids coming up with the fucking gigs, and we thought, oh, well, we're going to be playing the four-year-olds. Nothing against that forty-year-old. <laughs> that's that's, who, that's sure. who we first put the stuff out with. There's fucking a lot of young kids coming, and you know, they're like, and they've got the old albums, and they've got they bought the new album, and they're carrying it on. But they're very knowledgeable, and they get it. They get what happened with Slayer. They get that Metallica used to open for Venom, and all this kind of shit. You know, they, they right. get it all. They get the whole thing. I mean, it's, it's just, I. It's a life. It's it's a full life fucking choice. You know. Right. It's really the attitude you guys brought to the table with the music. That but, 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 wasn't really. But not, without you know. without trying to. No. It wasn't. wasn't no, that, it was wasn't, pure. Wasn't that we sat down and said we didn't even sit down really and say let's pick these crazy names. We kind of said you know. Just wrote shit up. We kind of thought oh I think that sounds pretty cool. I mean Abaddon came out the Bible but some of the other you know the, the other stuff was just like I think this sounds cool and I want to be called this and say like, oh that fucking sounds great yeah why not. On the early records, right? On the early records, was it was was Kronos writing a lot of that stuff, or was that the two of you doing all of that stuff? Kronos writing, not Kronos was writing. Not a damn thing, did he? No. he <laughs> That's a, what he, I was. He, he had a couple of. Um, I mean, there was there was a couple of contributions, but um, no, you fucking the the bulger the bulger bit, eighty ninety percent of it. That's what leading, I, leading up to fucking up what was it, where I, I got a bit fucking. Disillusion of the whole thing, but um, no, I was I was taking the fucking riffs in and the fucking songs, finished songs. I'm a bit of a when it comes down to songwriting. I mean, I'm a bit of a lone wolf. I'll go into I'll go into my studio room, shut the door, and I'll just write and write and write and write and write and write and write. Um, but with him, yeah, there wasn't well, wasn't any massive contributions on the song in the early days. Definitely not. No, I. I I remember getting sent home from school with the in league with Satan, having that at school with That's me. That's nice teacher to give you that. <laughs> oh, it was my uncle's, and you know I had it there at school, and I remember, and I ever since then it was just like, you know, that's 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 one of my bands, you know. So it's yeah. like, and it's you you keep that, you get older, yeah. that that's the stuff that matters, you know. And it changed me. That's why I wasn't. 
interested in listening to a lot of other stuff. See, I used to, I was the same as Jeff. I used to listen to stuff like um, Sweet and, and Slade and things like that growing up. Slade was a fucking great band, English band. Um, and then I, I went fucking babysitting and the, my uncle had these stack of records and he was like, I'll oh, just play what you want, you know, and I saw this thing with, with these fucking naked people on a fucking bed with 666 <laughs> carved in the back and I was like, the fuck is that? That was that, 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 that Sabbath, you know. <laughs> and you're just like, as a kid, you're like, fucking hell, this is fucking insane. So I get I get where people saw what we were doing and picked it up and got the same response. Right. We didn't, I don't think we set out really to get that response. We did set out to be to be blasphemous and to be a bit, bit naughty, you know. Oh, sure. That, 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 was del- that was deliberate. But, um, and, and obviously the artwork. But um, it, it just came about kind of naturally. And it's the same with the sound when we started playing like this stuff. It just sounds like we're in a, in a, in a rehearsal room in, in the fucking 1980 odd, you know? It sounds a bit better because he's good with a mix up, but. It's, <laughs> yeah, uh, so, you know? I just, I can't tell you enough just how iconic I think those records are. I mean, seriously, like, I. Nothing sounds like that. I think they're the blueprint for a lot of stuff the American thrash movement, the death metal movement, and that black metal stuff. I mean, you can't even work late in taking your album title and running with their scene with it, you know? I mean, I. Everything, the music, just how important it is to everything I listen to. I mean, basically, you know, what you've said there is those bands <coughs> have taken what we did and ran with it. Yeah. The same as we did with Motorhead, Priest, Sabbath. Yeah, absolutely. Kiss, we know that the bands from Kiss, the fucking over topness of Motorhead, oh, the yeah. growling fucking bass and the, the throaty vocals. That's awesome. It was never, oh, I want to I be Lemmy, but it was like, that was fucking right there in your face. You know, we, were, sure. we used to have a couple of good venues in Newcastle get to really easily. And you'd see fucking Waterhead one day, you'd see Priest the next, White Snake the next, fucking Rush the next. That's awesome. And you'd just, you'd fucking, in here on it was like two, three quid, it was nothing. It was under five bucks, you know, and it was like, you, you could be there three nights a week, four nights a week. That's and you could see Priest and Lizzie, and you'd just keep coming around. Every year you'd see, you'd see bands two or three times, you know, and it was, it was really easy to grow up and be sort of overthrown and, and you know, sort of overwhelmed with that, the, the, uh, the scene in the pubs. Every local where Newcastle is, there's sort of river, north and south of the river, or little small communities. But each community had four or five pubs that were just about heavy metal. Right. And you just went there and you fucking just, you know, and you, you would swap stories. Say, have you heard this band? And, oh, well, if you like Rush, have you heard the gods? Right. You know, fucking Triumph, all this kind of shit, and That's all that awesome. American wave is just hitting in the face, and all the fucking European stuff's going back that way. It's fucking great, man. Well, I. It just. It bothers me when. It's just I don't I don't think it's mentioned enough how important what the two of you did. I it, to me it's iconic. It really like I'm about to shit myself just sitting here. Not literally, but just you know. I mean really. I mean I know. I grew up listening to this stuff, and it's it just it's. I think it's those records are so important, and I absolutely. <laughs> but I mean you know it's it's seriously it's it's. If I could have told myself when I was six or seven that I'm gonna get to you know so it's just it's crazy. But I. Do you consider yourself? Because I always consider. Because I've heard people say, "Oh, well, the Venom stuff that was that was new wave of British heavy metal." Do you consider yourself part of that, or do you consider yourself your own thing? I think we're, we're the own thing. That's how we, I did. We, I mean, that's we, yeah. we, we felt apart from the the. That's how the whole sort of black metal thing came around. You know, it was like it was at a time when you know every. Everybody who had long hair and a guitar was a heavy metal band. Right, right. You know, and we're sitting doing an interview, and I think it was, it was an early copy of Kerrang! was lying on the table. And I think it was Bon Jovi.
front. And there was this question came up about metal or whatever it was, and we turned to the, the interviewer and says, well, if that's what you consider heavy metal, we've got fuck all to do with that. <laughs> no, nothing to do, we, we didn't feel a part of the new wave of British heavy metal or anything, although we were thrown into it, we didn't feel a part of it. So, press being press, you know, they've got to label you, they've got to put you in a little box somewhere, yeah, you sure, know. Exactly. It's like, so what are you? It's like, black metal. If you look on the back of we one just, of the albums, we it's, it's, yeah. we had, there was a thing called um, Power Metal Publishing, which was our, our our publishing thing, you know, right. years later, what do you get? You get Power Metal, get power. you know, and then all the, the whole, like, like, like he says, you know, the whole fucking death metal, thrash metal, this but metal, guys, that metal. Say, wait, 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 what was that? Like, we, we didn't, we didn't come out with any genres. I had I didn't know what a fucking genre was, I still don't. Yeah. But the fucking just the the, 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 the enthusiasm right. and the fucking we're not you know if, if Bon Jovi's heavy metal, if that's what you could that's the Bible, right? <laughs> that's this week's edition of the Bible, according to heavy metal. That's Bon Jovi. So no, we're not that right. Not exactly. Like that. Right. The week later they had fucking Chris Rear on the front. <laughs> Somebody once told me that the least selling copy at that time of Koran was when they put Pantera on the front. <laughs> yeah, and that you know, they get labeled into all this stuff. To me, they were the saviors during all that grunge shit. Like, I hated all that shit. Yeah, yeah, I hated yeah. it. Yeah, and two, man, they two, they two, flew that flag and they didn't two give a fuck. Things happened in the nineties, which brought metal back to the fore. One was black metal, the genre. Of course, it's Scandinavian. The other one, Pantera. Right. Though neither of those two things happened in the no, and they were completely Took not politically down. correct. And no, exactly. They're and in your face. They kept it. Yeah. Phil's Action. actually been a big supporter of our podcast. He's yeah. gave us a lot of really good press. Very cool guy. And they saved it. They saved it. Oh, yeah, two things together. The normally being is that black metal is a genre. When you hear black metal bands go Venom on fucking black metal, and you hear black metal bands go Venom on black metal, in its purest form, Venom is the only black metal band on the planet. Yeah. yeah. Because they called themselves black metal. Oh, yeah. They didn't call themselves a genre, they call themselves black metal to establish that that was how they saw themselves. <laughs> that you weren't Bon Jovi. That there wasn't Fun anything that, else yeah. but them. <laughs> and so to, to, to label a genre later and go, well, you're not black metal because you don't sound like all of these other bands. Right. Like, but they're not black metal. Well, we headlined a festival in, in, uh, in Europe, a big festival called Dynamo Festival. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dynamo. I'm sure. About 100,000 people. We headlined on a Saturday night in 96. In 97, I went there as well, and I saw Cradle of Filth and go on in the afternoon. And Danny went on, a British band, Danny went on and said, it's great to see a British black metal band on the Dynamo stage eventually. And I'm like, so we didn't do that last year then? And we, didn't fuck, we didn't close the whole fucking thing, just wipe, wipe the fucking place out. All right, the stupidest thing I've ever seen in the press was an article about Black Sabbath. And it said, it, it opened this article with, Veteran black metal band Black Sabbath, and then gave the news about them. That was the. Are opening, you kidding me? That was the opening quote. Veteran black metal band Black Sabbath. See, my my exposure as a kid to Black Sabbath was, I heard the Dio stuff first. Right. Okay. And my uncle loved Dio, and he loved Venom, and he loved Motorhead, and that was it. And old ACDC, and that's it. And that's what he listened to, and that's what I grew up on. So all my friends made fun of me for liking Ronnie, but I, again, it was the occult stuff. And I, that's actually what I kind of want to ask you guys about. The the sacrilege, oh, I loved it. 
as a kid, I thought it was I was scared to death of it, but I was like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. We, it's because we just set out the stuff it in people's faces and say, you know, if they run away screaming, great. We didn't <laughs> give a shit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's because when you're a kid, you want to rail against, you know, what what your parents did or whatever. You know. I mean, a lot of parents grow up and they play they'll, they'll play fucking um, Elvis. Yeah. When you're growing up, and this kind of thing, you know. And for, I mean, my brother used to play the Rolling Stones to me, and I, I instantly learned that my hatred of the Beatles came because <laughs> he loved the fucking Rolling Stones. Because apparently that was a thing then. Which do you like? You had to like one or the other. Yeah. And my brother was just all about the Stones, so of course I was, you know. And, Talk about the Beatles in this huge fucking way, and I've, I've never understood it. <laughs> never will. So it gets ingrained in you, you know. I mean, when you, when you all would sit down, with, like Lee would say, and I just, man, I love that. You know, it's like it. Countess Bathory on Black Metal. I mean, just all those songs, and it just everything about it. In fact, I, I don't know. I just. Where you came up with some of that stuff? It was fucking amazing. It really is, and have I don't you think. Have you heard the tale of writing black metal? Yes. You've heard the tale. No. How I wrote the rest. No. 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 Not about that. No. 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 Right. Well, yeah, I've told it a few times. Now. You know when you get up in the morning, have a coffee, cigarette, and you go to the toilet to do your business. Some people take a magazine in. I took a guitar in one day. <laughs> Black metal was born. That's nice. awesome. That's the true story. That's awesome. I've had so many people say, fucking hell, that song, how did you come up with that song? Expecting I was fucking sacrificing virgins and fucking doing it at midnight and all this kind of crap. I was just taking a shit. I was just taking a shit. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Kept it. Went to my dad's cassette recorder. Press play and record. Right. That was it. Wow. And just fucking... That was how it, that's how the song came about. It's classic stuff. I mean, I... It's... All of it. I mean, just everything that you all would come up with. I just... I could never get enough of it. Every record. Who's he reminded of? It's fucking John Perry. It is. It's John Perry. Biggest metal fan in the entire world was in Switzerland. John is like... Forget it. It's covered, in t- covered in venom tattoos, absolutely covered. Your, your mannerisms, the way you look, your hair, just fucking. Totally this this, this guy is, is house. His whole house is a venom museum. Wow, his whole house. His wife loves venom. His daughter loves venom. He loves venom. That's, that's great. awesome. But, but it, honestly, his house is like a shrine. Hit us up, hit us up on Facebook and we'll, we'll book you up. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. It's fucking great. He, the, the last time I spoke to him about his collection was a good few years ago. I mean, I'm, we're still in contact with him, but... And at that point, he had 69 different versions of black metal. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and everything's in storage and boxes and stuff Get like that. Like, his house, he showed me photographs of his house. And I mean, living room, dining room, kitchen, shit, and fucking everything. There's just venom everywhere. That's it's awesome. Old house, old house. Incredible. This has been, I, I just can't believe we got to sit here and talk to you guys. I, I'm a huge fan. I have been since I was seven years old. So it's it's an honor to just sit here and talk with you. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the thing is, you, you know, we, we get that so many times. But the truth of the matter is, if it wasn't for people like yourself, if it wasn't for the fans and their support, we wouldn't exist. You know, you can open a department store tomorrow. If nobody goes into that store, it closes. 
culture. It's as simple as that. The fans are the most important part of the music industry. Definitely. They're the lifeblood, they're the oxygen, and they're the engine of the music industry. And without them, none of these fucking bands, nobody would exist. You know, if everybody tomorrow decided, that's it, I'm never buying music again, I'm never downloading anything, I'm never going to a show, I'm not going to buy a magazine, the whole industry's fucked. Yeah. You know, record labels, magazines, promoters, agents, fucking clubs like this, the whole thing. You know, right. nobody goes to that club. It's not the bands. You know, I've had so many club owners come up to me and say, it's an absolute honour to have you here playing. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's a privilege for us to be able to set foot on any stage in the world and present our music to the people who love it. You know, because without them, we're fucked. Right. You know? So, well, I, you know. I think without Ural's contribution to metal, there's a lot of stuff I listen to that would have never came out. That's, you know, that's... Because to me, it, you all were so extreme in that scene, you know, because yeah. I never saw you all. I wanted to ask, you know, what you thought, it's your band, but I I never saw you all as a, as, a, as part of the Maiden and Motorhead scene and everything. Uh, I, you were your own thing, and that's what I liked about it. And I think that's where a lot of people were borrowing and... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they're inspired to. Well, yeah, that, yeah, yeah but I, I just, I, I don't know, I can't say enough good stuff about it. No, like I say, I think, you know, the, the bands that sort of followed us, they did exactly the same as what we did. You know, they picked up the ball and they ran with it. The same as we did, you know, when it was like Motorhead and Priest. I mean, my life changed in 1979 when I seen Priest. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. it. It was just like, that's what I want to do. I was always into guitar-driven stuff. I grew up through the 70s, through the glam rock era. And as Tony mentioned, I mean, Slade were my favourite band. T-Rex, Sweet, and then I bought um, Seven Seas of Rye by Queen, the single. Oh, awesome. And then discovered Kiss. And then it was myself and this guy I was talking about, Dave. We used to go to a lot of concerts. We used to just, anybody, you know, he'd call me up and say, oh, I've got tickets for this, I've got tickets for that. My first concert was 77. It was Blue, Blue Oyster Cult. Awesome, awesome, man. And I mean, we went we went to see anybody. I was lucky enough to see Rory Gallagher. You know, I've seen wow. ACDC with Bon Scott. Oh, that's what's awesome. tough. You know, uh, we just used to go and see anybody we could. And like, like we say, in Newcastle at the time, you could go to the Newcastle City Hall on a Friday night and see a band, and then you could go to the Mayfair on a Saturday night and see a band. I've seen Priest at the Mayfair, at the Newcastle City Hall on Friday night, and then the second show that they did was Saturday night at the Mayfair with the original lineup of Iron Maiden supporting. Wow. You know, so we've seen so many people there. You know, Wasp did their first English date. At, that early stuff's awesome. You know, it's, it's like Twisted Sister did one of the first English dates at the Mayfair. You know, so we've we seen a lot of bands there. You know, Bon Jovi even played the Mayfair at <laughs> this fucking club date. You know? Right. It was like everybody so went there. Everybody right. went. So, uh, you know, that's what inspired us at the end of the day. So, but yeah, for me, it was definitely, you know, going to see all these bands and there was anybody that had a guitar in the band I would go and see them right well, well it was that night I can still remember it was Thursday May the 28th wow and um, the thing that did it for me I was sitting in the audience and stage left as I was looking this guitarist ran on and I just went that's what I wanted to do was kick it out that's 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 his favourite I went to uh, that was the museum in York 
I'm gonna have these beautiful trains and I want to be a train driver, but I got stuck with this ship. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the Venom train now. Yeah. 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 Do you guys mind? Hi, this is Mantis from Venom Inc. and you are listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Keep it heavy, my friends. Awesome. Hi, this is Abaddon from the band Venom Inc. You're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. That's <laughs> off the show gone. <laughs> Hi, this is Abaddon from the band Venom Inc. and you're listening to the Phantasm. Take three. <laughs> Pro- Why do I want to say project? Podcast. Project. <laughs> this is why his acting career never took off. <laughs> Hi, this is Sylvester Stallone. No, it's not. <laughs> Take <laughs> this could take a while. Hey, this is Abaddon from the band Venom Inc. You're listening to the Phantasm Project. Fucking <laughs> 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 cock! Take five. We'll just change your name to Phantasm. Yeah, just change your fucking name to Phantasm. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is Abaddon from Venom Inc. You're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Keep it real. family's refusal to die. I'm gonna get those animals. The 
hills have eyes. A night of terror, a day of vengeance, where no one was spared. No one. Kill the babe! Kill me! They fought back. Anything was a weapon. The family dog to the family car. It's working! The hills have eyes. The most shocking, terrifying film you will ever see by Wes Craven, writer and director of The Last House on the Left. The hills have eyes. The lucky ones died first. Beneath the city of New York are living catacombs, an endless maze of subterranean tunnels, unfit for anything human. Unauthorized for anything experimental. Hold it! There's something moving up ahead in the tunnel! And unlikely to bring anyone down there. So... <laughs> they're coming up. Chud. Chud. Check your basement. And your bathroom. Keep off the street. And try to hide. But remember, the dark is their place. The night is their time. And tomorrow, the only things living in the city of New York will be Chud. Chud. Cannibalistic. Humanoid. Underground. Dwellers. Ah, hello, fellow food lovers. I'm Phil Mignon, world-famous gourmet. In my travels, I've sampled some of the most exquisite foods the world has to offer. And that's why they've asked me to tell you all about a charming new eatery located right downtown. As uh, you can see, the atmosphere is lovely. But, of course, the uh, finest attribute of this quaint cafe is the marvelous cuisine. By the way, what is the special ingredient in the Tuesday surprise? Well, if I told you that, it wouldn't be a surprise anymore, would it? They're um, <clears throat> mouth-watering specialties. <laughs> Will have you, as they say, licking your lips. Uh, only the freshest natural ingredients are selected. The first ingredients we need are two stomachs from a couple of tramps. For use in their carefully guarded <clears throat> recipes. I'd give my right arm for that secret recipe. Ah! Uh, yes, the chef puts a bit of himself into every succulent dish. Oh, and he's always pleased to serve you to your friend. Uh, sh shouldn't that be serve you and your friends? Uh, no. Uh, your gracious hostess will direct you to your table. Where you will dine as if there's no tomorrow. 
So breeze on down and don't let anything stand in your way. Oh, uh, this Epicurean haven is called Blood Diner. You got that right, homo. So this is Phil Mignon. Ah, saying bon appetit. Oh, mommy. The Blood Diner. First they greet you, then they eat you. No one under 17 admitted.